You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to a special Nerd Room podcast presentation. We have our inaugural commentary track with Batman vs. Superman, 2016's Dawn of Justice. I'm going to be your master of ceremonies, Carlos, and I'm joined by my compatriots, Tim and Sanjay. What's going on, man? Ultimate Cut is ready to go. <laughs> I'm Sanjay. <laughs> That's right. He is Sanjay. And he, yeah, like Timbo said, we're all ginned up with the Ultimate Edition here. All three of us are paused on this Warner Brothers logo with the leaf coming down and... Uh, We'll let you guys get set if you're going to watch along. And uh, yeah, just as you guys are grabbing your discs or loading up your iTunes digital 4K copy, which is just as good as the physical media version, (laughs) I might add. Said no one ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 60 seconds or less. Sonny, what was your uh, mindset heading into this movie? Coming off of Man of Steel and uh, going into this one for the first time. I was in an interesting mind space because my daughter, my first daughter was born like I think a week before this film came out. So coming into this uh, movie, I had like no sleep. Uh, (laughs) I was going into this thing super jacked. I was probably like the most excited I've been for a movie since The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Going into it, I went with some buddies um, and we just went to the theater just right beside our house. And um, yeah, it was was a wild time. 2016, I, I went in with like bad expectations because like a couple days before i saw like the rotten tomato score and i was like oh shit maybe maybe this movie's not going to be great and so i like went in with kind of like well we'll see wait and see so my expectations were low i didn't have a lot of sleep as well (laughs) that was that was my headspace in 2016 in march oh that that might explain everything to where we are in 2021 (laughs) timbo how about you brother yeah, man, 2016 was an interesting year because it was the year of Captain America Civil War. And these two films were butting heads for the better part of a year. And it came down to who was going to blink first. And looks like Donna Justice did here. <laughs> and we ended up with it in our laps a few weeks before Captain America Civil War. And that was a film I've been looking forward to for quite some time. And you guys all know that I've listened to the podcast before where my love and passion and soul really sits in this space, and that is with the MCU. But I did come into this film with an open mind. And yes, as Sonny referenced, the Rotten Tomatoes score coming up before definitely probably influenced my perception of the film going in. And coming out, yeah, you guys can go back to 2016 and listen to us, and I was not overly favorable towards this. So it's I'm unwilling to give another chance here, but... Going into it, I was going into it with low expectations, and I was already in the headspace of "Give me Civil War, I want that." That's where my mindset was <laughs> when this movie dropped. To be honest with you, well, you're hey, honest. <laughs> we're, we're all about keeping it real here. Yeah. For me, my anticipation was white hot. Like, loved Man of Steel. My daughter was super excited about seeing Cavill back, and the Affleck stuff started rolling, and I was loving everything I was seeing. That kind of Frank Millery suit I dug. I dug the Batmobile designs, and then that armored Batman imagery started to come out. And 
I was super, super excited. And we actually had the benefit of seeing an earlier screening. So I didn't have Rotten Tomatoes playing with me and whatnot. But um, I'll never forget my wife turning to me with a big grin on her face saying, that was awesome. What did you think? (laughs) And me looking at her and saying, I think I really hated this. (laughs) But... But uh, yeah, and you know, I, I was excited enough that we had those tickets for like the Thursday or whatever it was, and then I had tickets again for just my daughter and I to go on uh, an IMAX showing this Saturday afternoon, and I remember being a little uh, apprehensive about going. I was like, oh, I got to paint this room. Like, I don't know if I want to go see this movie again right now, but uh, yeah, this film and I, it's an odyssey and a journey, so... But I am excited to share it with you guys. So anybody who's watching along, on the count of three, there'll be three, two, one, play, and we will do it. So here we go, gents. Before we begin, what's your wife doing? Maybe I should ask her to do this commentary instead of you. (laughs) You you still got me here, Sonny. (laughs) That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) And the the three of us, Sanjay, my wife, and I, were becoming like... Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin, and Padme, I swear. <laughs> you turned her against me, Sanjay! <laughs> Couldn't help it. She came to the dark side. <laughs> All right, fellas. Three, two, one. All right, man. Look at that logo, WB. That's, oh, and then. Yeah. Rat Pack, the good old Brett Ratner, firmly <sighs> cancelled. Those are the two <laughs> villains of this movie, WB and Rat Pack. They're just starting them off early. I'll, I'll you give you one of those. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember when this when this started too. I think in the trailer we had some imagery here of of obviously the Waynes being put to rest, and a lot of talk online about do we need this again? Mm-hmm. Do we need kind of that origin story of Batman in another universe? And I remember thinking yeah. to myself, nah, not really, but, you know, it's pretty short here. Yeah, and I do like how it opened as a credit scene. So yeah. they did it really efficiently, like you alluded to. And, um, yeah, I I got to give Snyder full props for doing the Dark Knight Returns opening, almost panel for panel. Nice touch that the Waynes are coming out of Mask of Zorro, which is historically been the movie that they were seeing on the night that they were killed, so... I mm-hmm. like that little piece of attention to detail and then all the Excalibur stuff on the marquee, which is interesting given Snyder's recent comments about his dream to do a very in-depth King Arthur project right? in right. the future, which will unfortunately present, prevent him from doing any DC content to follow <laughs> up. But... <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, what's his name from uh, Walking Dead? We got two Walking Dead. Alumni. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's right. We got Negan and Maggie. Yes. As the Waynes. Was that that who Martha Wayne was? Yeah. Why did you sound British there? You're like, was that who Martha Wayne was? Honestly, I haven't seen, I've only seen this once. You've only seen this once? The ultimate cut. And then I've seen the theatrical cut once. Uh, I actually saw this twice in theaters. Yeah. The second time, my wife was like, you're going again? And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to uh, sneak out when it was still playing. But uh... Oh, did you see the ultimate cut in theaters twice? Or just the theatrical? Just the theatrical. I don't think they ever played the ultimate cut in theaters. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I can't Fortunately, remember. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. There's talk of the new IMAX 
uh, refitting of the Blu-ray for BVS Ultimate Edition. So hopefully we get like an IMAX version of this. So you yeah, know? as far as Death of the Wayne's goes, there's no denying like this is beautifully shot. Well, I was just going to say that like you can't falter Snyder for his visualizations of this. This is probably the best Death of the Wayne's put to screen, I would think. Yeah. It's up there, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, poetic, I, like yeah. visually. Yeah. Oh, and they did a fantastic job seeding where they're taking the narrative with Martha Wayne and kind of the role that she plays in her absence. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. that word, Martha. Remember that for later, guys. <laughs> Sorry, why see, did I didn't pick up name? on this on first viewing, but if you look here, you see the pearl fall down on the ground. Yeah. I didn't get that until like I watched it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, the pearl falls from her necklace." From, yeah, which uh, is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like, uh, I guess the first indication that we get that this is a a dream or a vision, as opposed to him mm-hmm. just remembering what happened. Right. Right. That's yeah, a lot of bats, well. man. <laughs> Especially in a a COVID world, man. That's scary stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. executive producer steve mnuchin he was like in like the u.s government now with like the trump administration Did you know that he was like the head of finance or something like i did know that crazy actually. yeah that's weird that's a weird like kind of so so with nolan being an ep on this did he have any influence because goyer wrote this right in terrio as well as snyder and yeah so that is a continuation from the Batman we saw in the Nolan verse. And this is, I guess the first iteration we're seeing of Batman post dark Knight rises. And I guess a lot of mm-hmm. people, myself included, when this got rolling, there was some anticipation that that would be a continuation of that. Even man of steel alluded to some connectivity a little bit. It didn't say outright that it wasn't, but again, mm-hmm. taking this back to a, a new Bruce, a new Batman, a different Batman, um, would it have benefited from continuing on? No, you couldn't have continued on Nolan's Batman with this. It just too, just wouldn't work. Like Nolan's yeah. Batman was out there fighting Joker and Bane, and this Batman's gotta fight Superman. <laughs> He's yeah, gotta I, be like leveled up. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, but the reason that I say I agree is that I just like the Nolan trilogy being its own self-contained, mm-hmm. unique piece of batman on film history and then this being something else nolan's involvement was predominantly from uh him with man of steel and warner brothers desire to have this new franchise see the success that those other movies saw right so i think they wanted a bit of cake and eating it too with a nolan type movie but yet with the mcu's yeah um success and consistency so that honestly his involvement might be their undoing which is shocking to say but i don't know yes it sets a bar high when you have like christopher nolan's involved like this shit you know this was cool though this sequence here and this was a lot this was featured in the trailer quite heavily i think Mm -hmm. but like the reverse angles with batman and superman I, i do like using this and using this as like the seed as to why bruce wayne is so adamantly opposed to the existence of superman yeah this is really well done incredible and just like an inspired inspiration for the conflict yeah um this is also like 
my wife feels that this is the most unrealistic part of the entire film is that uh, Bruce Wayne would be driving a Jeep. So. <laughs> Even they ha- you could actually buy the BVS Jeep. They had like a BVS edition of Jeep that came out in 2016, 2017 with like the logo on the back. Yeah, I'm still looking podca- to get one of those. <laughs> your podcasting partner was excited enough that uh, I looked into it, but they had like high, a poor rollover rating. And we had my uh, kids were really little at the time, so <laughs> makes sense. Then I saw the movie and I was super happy. I didn't let my fandom <laughs> get the best of me. <laughs> you don't really think this movie's five years old. Uh, five years is like a long time. Like, there's a lot of things that changed in the five years that, since this film came out. So, oh, little kid life for sure, man. Yeah, I, I really love this idea of like him running towards the danger while mm-hmm. everybody else is running away from it. What exemplifies Bru- this Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just a badass. And it's like, all the like people in this very like, uh, like in the attention to detail, store. even with this eye beams and that, right? Oh, and it lines up if you go back to Man of Steel. Yeah, exactly. It's I've exact seen it in reverse. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that just devastating, man. Like, and I love that they showed that Bruce Wayne like really intimately cared for his employees type of thing yeah mm-hmm. like in running towards this this was in the trailer mm-hmm. yes and it's, it's such a cool moment when he goes into the dust yeah see like the horse meandering about see the horse yeah again so later. this imagery and it's funny because it kind of came to me when i watched an episode of the final season of game of thrones but i guess like the horse is supposed to represent kind of death yeah. walking through the ashes type of thing there's a few storytelling and um kind of mythological re- points of reference with that i really love this teacher walking the kids out amidst just mm-hmm. utter chaos and yeah, something that's terrifying. completely ununderstandable yeah Remember so when everyone have... thought he was going to be Green Lantern? That was like... No, Scoot McNary? Yeah, yeah, I vividly remember seeing oh, yeah. pictures of him with like the green screen stuff painted on his legs. Right, And people right. are like, he's going to be the Flash. This is like a super speed <laughs> oh, scene. I he's going to be remember the Flash. That. <laughs> remember? Yeah. So much hype, man. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with so much hype and so much fan theory going into it. Like, so, like everything was like scrutinized. Like This was like to the nth degree. I've never seen it since or before. This I loved. Yeah. Like just It's a very strong start to a movie. Oh yeah. It, it's incredible. It like honestly this is this is some of the best comic book filmmaking that you'll see. Mm-hmm. A- and then it it does stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, devastating. Just the scale of destruction like a man of steel you don't really well, you see it, but you don't really feel it. And here you feel it. You know, well, you yeah, they the humanize human the destruction of that movie in this part here. Right. Like, Which I was thought a- was an interesting approach um, and pretty meta, right? Because that was the big criticism of Man yeah. of Steel. Which I never so, got. It's like so many other films do it, but only Man of Steel got called out for it. I'm like, Well, and you see even in Ultron, right? In 2015's Age of Ultron, they are explicit about the building's clear this that jarvis you know what i mean like everyone is very yeah. conscious of that because of that mm-hmm. criticism well even like pulled it in here later on when they're like oh it's a downtown crowd everyone's gone yeah. home for the day <laughs> yeah 
No, totally. I think with Man of Steel, it, it's that Superman was so preoccupied with fighting Zod. I think a few scenes of him trying to f- save people, even if he fails, would have gone a massive way. So this, I thought, was absolutely inspired. I loved this being the origin of kryptonite in this mm-hmm. universe, that it's kind of those embryos from the Kryptonian ship that Zod was trying to turn into the the next generation of Kryptonians, like that being where Kryptonite comes from. Mm-hmm. Wicked. It's not just some random meteor that hits the earth every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty inventive. And, and once again, just building on what you did in the last movie. So I thought for sure Aquaman was going to be here. Just like, like with it the water does scenes. punch off a real Aquaman vibe. <laughs> I thought for sure when I first saw this, I was like, Oh, Aquaman already. Then when they, this came up, I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I really dug that piece of it. And then we get introduced to Lois Lane and who allegedly is Jimmy Olsen. I don't know. Um, I My head canon is that he's just a CIA operative who is using the name of a known photojournalist. But, uh, oh, that makes here, sense. Here we have them in Nairobi, Africa. Interesting. Made up place especially having a mother who, who was born in Nairobi, Kenya. But uh, <laughs> so it is in this world. <laughs> this this be, is part of the extended stuff, correct? Uh, they do have more There's dialogue more. here. And then, yeah, this scene is longer, and the fallout from this scene plays out more. So mm-hmm. th- this certainly is the crux of a lot of what they cut out. Yeah. I never, yeah, I, I can't believe they just took 30 minutes out of the film, but yeah. But at the same time, like, that goes back to my my main criticism of the Snyder movies is who did you make them for? And who were they budgeted to play to kind of thing, right? So, yeah, you make a certain budget of movie with certain characters, and there is an expectation as to what type of performance they need to have, right? So and here we have our first appearance of uh, the KG Beast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Interesting. Uh, Jim Stalin said that he got paid more for Anatoly Kaznetsov in this movie than he did for Thanos. Really? He was, he was yeah. Thanos? Yeah, because he created Thanos as well, and he kind of combined. In Avengers oh. 1. Oh, so like the guy who created no, these no. characters. No, no, it was after, he complained about it after Infinity War. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, and they upped his residuals <laughs> or whatever the, the compensation is called. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There, there was an interview with him, easy enough to Google, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was pretty choked about the fact that they oh, paid yeah. him more for this KGB beast and name only type character. I don't know why mm-hmm. they did things like that same with like cassandra kane like why burn off a character you yeah. could actually use in a name brand type I capacity later on man. this guy i thought he was good i'm surprised there's no action figures of him like he's a he's like a good like henchman you know what i mean like a head henchman such a generic action figure though <laughs> the whole thing that would be awesome i have the lex action figure <laughs> this guy would be awesome too <laughs> I'm glad they didn't make them because the, those are the type of figures that stay on the peg forever and yeah. then the Walmart doesn't order the next wave. Yeah. 
So here we get the first little bit of the the setup, quote unquote, in which um, Luther and his hench people start to set up Superman for allegedly wiping these guys out? Question mark. Yeah, because that that becomes the that becomes like yeah the catalyst right for some of it. Yeah, I guess to like undermine public confidence in Superman, and it, it's like. I don't know. I didn't. I really didn't love any of this, and we'll get into it more when Superman shows up. But like, obviously, so this stuff was all cut out of mm-hmm. the CIA watching and having a a strike team ready to go and extract Lois. But if Superman's kind of listening in on this whole thing, and he lets quote unquote Jimmy Olsen or the CIA guy or whatever get capped, but then <laughs> shows up to save Lois, it's like. Mm. What does that say about this version of Superman? Maybe he was busy. You know, he was doing other stuff. The world's a big place. He's he's doing he was saving other places in the world, and then he's just like, oh, Lois is in trouble. Gotta come. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, he uh, can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Superman, you know. Yeah, I. I don't know. It, it just it's it's a choice, right, to kind of go that way and. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. So another guy gets capped. Another guy. Another <laughs> yeah, guy. A, I, I will say, though, because like you said, a lot of this is the extra bits. Mm-hmm. As violent as it is, it definitely fills in some of the gaps, I find. Because I think this is a lot choppier in the theatrical cut. Oh. It is, and they took the blood out in the theatrical cut. So oh, some they? of those okay. t- takedowns are the same, but the blood spurts and whatnot are <laughs> either not put in or omitted. Yeah. And here we have Anatoly with his uh, signature flamethrower. That would have been the accessory that you got with the action figure <laughs> Sunday. So they're trying, to, they're trying to frame Superman here using his heat vision and all that to melt all these people, right? Yeah. And then, so this part of it was cut out with the CIA guys going for the extraction. I guess um, the incident commanders decided to send off that drone, which was going to bomb the compound. Mm-hmm. Luther's guys are taken off. And then we get. Uh, but I thought, cool. like, some of it too was that, like, the men in the village, like, all these people then, like, took out, like, people in the village, and, like, Superman didn't, like, He's like, oh, Superman like didn't save those people, but he saved Lois. Like, I think that was a part of it too. That was a cool shot of him blowing up the missile, for sure. Oh yeah, he yeah. comes through and so that Lois. was t- was that in the movie in the theatrical cut? I don't I think, think so. so. This no, I think he just lands here. Yeah, in the movie. yeah, yeah, just like this. Yeah, it cuts to this scene. Oh, Henry Cavill, you stallion. Just look at yeah. Him. He's he's a pretty carved out of stone Superman. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, like he he's perfect for the role, and I hardcore love Cavill um, yeah. as an actor, but I don't know that this film did him justice. Was there criticism here for the way he took that dude out? I'm sure yeah. there was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. big Superman it was less subtle than be. maybe some other approach would have been. Yeah, it's a cool it, though. <laughs> yeah, like you could have a lot of that same stuff play out and make it unquestionable that the guy's okay by just having him heat vision the gun, right? And drops the gun or just shows up at super speed and breaks the gun in his hand. So this stuff was all 
cut out as well yeah. with the with the widows um, interacting with the strike force guys here and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't but know. Why would like, Superman stack up bodies and melt them? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows. Like maybe he could explain himself at a congressional hearing or something like that about what happened. <laughs> and here. didn't Lois see all this? Like as a credible journalist. Uh, I don't know, or it's arguable that she was inside, but they certainly mm-hmm. didn't ask her about it. Um, so Kahina here, a lot of her stuff was cut out, but they did have this little line mm-hmm. um, with her testifying about Superman showing up. And so yeah. I guess she infers that Superman was saying, the like, one. The, the government attack, like, you know, it was like the government that came and then uh, was the one that like messed up the village and the villagers from Superman like being there. Yeah, and then I don't know. That's, that's how I took it though. It's like Superman didn't do it, but like he didn't stop it, and like him being there, um, him being there, allowed you know made those people uh, do that or like retaliate. But like I said, that that's a great line. I love that. He's like he doesn't answer to anyone, not even to God. I do like that though, and it, it it rings very clear in this year with civil war and all that too. Not to bring that in, but the idea of who controls the superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My question is though, with a movie this dense, do you need it? Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, <laughs> when we'll I, maybe I th- talk about. Yeah, about I think it that's where where you do run into trouble with this late down the down the road is it's trying to do too much as a second movie in this universe. Absolutely. And the other thing too, is that it's, you already have a lot of miles to cover based on what you've decided you want to do. Um, Did you need to have a plot this complex? I would almost argue given that amazing opening that we just walked through that you could have just made Batman the quote unquote bad guy and almost foregone Lex Luthor (laughs) A large majority. You probably could have movie. gotten away with that and simplifying some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and actually have them going head to head. I think people would be more mad at Batman if he wasn't like being played or like you know with his emotions if he was purely bad. No, well, I think, I think they set it up well though as to why he's so choked, mm-hmm. and also there's like comic books for eighty years have had these heroes fight each other, and it doesn't always have to end up with one trying to stab each the other one in the face, right? So, right. <laughs> so I thought this was kind of a cool setup with the GCPD showing up and the battering uh, in the door frame and the human trafficking victims downstairs, but they're like deathly afraid of Batman and don't want to go upstairs type of yeah. thing. Well, and this is too where we, we make a big leap as an audience as well with the Batman is we're coming into a point where he's quite a, quite a ways along in his career Mm -hmm. and it's been basically put behind him. All of the rogues gallery that we're familiar with your jokers and penguins. I think that that's kind of an abrupt introduction as well. It's cool. I think that we get to see a Batman like this, but we're used to that Nolan Batman coming off of that, where he's just filling the boots and the yeah. animated series Batman, where we're seeing kind of a mid to younger Batman. And we're here, we're towards the end of his career. 
And so there's a lot of space that we've skipped. You know, we go from the Wayne funeral all the way to this grizzled Batman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is an interesting dynamic for Batman movies. Because if you ask me, we've never really got a movie with Batman in his prime. Yeah, no, like Schumacher, maybe if you want to count those. But like you've kind of had this Batman who begins Mm-hmm. But you never get to see him kind of operating at his apex. That's and then true. we have uh, this Batman who's at the end of his career. I thought this was kind of weird because they set up in the movie that the GCPD very much endorses Batman and how he does business. But then this guy tries to take him out. He's Admittedly, he's... How's yeah. he running like that? that I found that, that's weird. He kind of looks like a... Like a bat. Well, more than a bat, like a some sort of like vampire from that Will Smith movie. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a demon or something. It's very yeah. like horror esque. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I, I like the way that he was moving and what they were going for with it. I, yeah. The branding thing, I did not like. Like it made no sense well, it, to once again start this thread with your supporting cast, right? Like. The brand itself insinuates, and the way he's tied up, that he's torturing him, right? Mm-hmm. For some kind of information mm-hmm. that doesn't have any relevance to the plot. Is that just to explain where Batman's at, like his mindset in this uh, movie? Yeah, yeah like but... I think it's arguable that he was looking for the quote-unquote white Portuguese, and if that mm-hmm. guy was tied to him, which ends up being the ship that the kryptonite yeah. comes in on. Exactly. Oh, I just like about where that. Batman is, just how desperate he is to like get information because he knows like well Superman's changed everything, right? So you're seeing like a whole new Batman. It's interesting watching some of this with the hindsight of having one seen the movie and two seen Justice League and be on the, the precipice of of the Snyder cut as well. Mm-hmm. So here's like another sub story with the uh... Lex Luthor's super bullets. And mm-hmm. so for me, it bothered me. Like, how are you going to guarantee that Lois Lane is going to find that bullet in that diary and start investigating it? And <laughs> that it's these special Lex bullets. And it's like, why? Why overly complicate an already extremely dense story that you need to tell? Well, I did I like the vibe of Clark here. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and like the thing too, and having, I also just watched Superman and Lois, the first episode of that, which is fantastic, but it's the humanization of Clark Kent of Superman mm-hmm. that I think you really have to work on here to make the end work. Yes. Like the human, you have, cause you have to take out the superpowers. Yeah. And this is as, much work to that end as they do and it's not great because you have him kind of going down that road where yeah let's make dinner i want to enjoy your company and she's clearly not into that which is cool because they've established that there's some serious stuff going on and then his answer is to like jump in the tub with her (laughs) and i'm like what and i was bothered by it because i was like well who's gonna clean up that mess now and that leather jacket (laughs) Yeah, and it, <laughs> he's got heat and it, vision, man. He'll 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 clean it. He's super speed, man. He'll get a towel. He'll sham wow it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, man. It's hot, sexy as the kids say these days. 
<laughs> Sunny. <laughs> it is yeah, an interesting it, choice. Well, and the, the yeah, shoes, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Superman. He'll clean it up. Man, there's so he... much water going on the floor. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> I, I feel it, though. I feel it. I, I see where he's going with it, though. Yeah. Just so weird. So weird. Like, oh, just yeah. the, <laughs> the classic. To... The classic. He's got the superhero got the chest. Look at his back. My God. Just chiseled. Mm-hmm. Speaking of another guy who's chiseled, there's Ben Affleck. Yeah, Affleck was quite the beast in this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. He trained hard. You could definitely notice that he trained hard in this one. Yeah. He looks so... different, too, because in the town, he was a very different workout shape. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. First appearance of Alfred. Yeah. I, I oh, really man. like Irons as Alfred. He's so <laughs> good. Absolutely. And he had some of the best dialogue as well. The dialogue yes. in these movies can be mm-hmm. a little too poetic, but from him, it always just landed. And mm-hmm. maybe it's a testament. It's to a lot of his actor. delivery too. But like, so good. There's something about him that when he says stuff, like I really believe that he was something else in a previous life. Mm-hmm. Where you go to the Alfred from even 89 in that, it's hard to believe he was anything but a a <laughs> yeah. butler. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. No, I. This guy I looks really like he's dug. seen some stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of things, I really dug the Batcave. Awesome. Yeah. I really cool. I yeah. Thought their version of the Batcave was super cool, and I liked how kind of clean it was with all the hanging stuff and uh, those uh those pipes are looking pretty sharp for a Batcave, eh, Timbo? Yeah, they are. <laughs> looks like a, a shelf maybe <laughs> yeah yeah the, the exchange between affleck here and and irons is good like like you're saying carlos the dialogue here i think works for these two in these moments and, yes. and alfred comes off really like a mentor not just some guy that's there to click a button on a on a screen when batman needs something at a convenience yes i agree yeah and i kind of like the idea of alfred um feeling that they were serving a higher calling for a long time and then Bruce just kind of submitting to the fact that they're criminal. And I liked Alfred's perception of Superman, which made Batman wanting to kill him kind of odd because it's like if your own quote-unquote father understands this, Bruce, like why are you having such a hard time with it? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe just because he wasn't there on Ground Zero in Metropolis, it, you know, that changed him off, changed Bruce Wayne everything from that point, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. So here we have uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I was literally just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right, checks for Lex. <laughs> I love the Lex sign in the back there, the Lex Corp. That looks awesome. Yes, that is cool. And I kind of liked how they gave him this um, hipstery type of vibe. Where he's got a real Silicon Valley type of dude right mm-hmm. like he's and it it helps too that yeah that he did play zuckerberg mm-hmm. well i always took it as it was like an act you know like this isn't really the real lex it's just like how the world perceives them so he's got to like fit in with all like the young billionaires of today and so he's yeah, kind of acting eccentric and to be honest like i didn't mind the choice of eisenberg at all um, and I kind of thought it was inspired to go with that kind of in a world where we have guys like Martin Scarelli and Mark Zuckerberg running around. Like mm-hmm. it was an astute choice. Some of the stuff that they did with 
how he delivers dialogue and the frenetic pace as to how he acts, I think undermined um, how it ended up playing for the audience. But I could I can appreciate where they were going. Ultimately, I don't think it worked myself. But there was something there. For me, uh, with Alex, he was just like at the end, like we'll get to it at the end, but he was just too evil, like um, just too bad. You know what I mean? Like I kind of like my Lex a little bit more like an anti-hero where you can kind of see not not so much um, uh, Hackman, but somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Like where he could like, okay, you could kind of see where he's coming from, you know, defending humanity. But like here, like, this Lex is just so evil where, you know, he, like, bombs the Capitol building. Like, he does all this crazy shit that he can't come back from that. Like, he can't be redeemed. And, and you know, in a, in a world where you'd like to see, like, Lex make an appearance down the road, it would be hard to, like, you can't cheer for Lex anymore. You know what I mean? Like, not that you ever, like, cheer for Lex, but you can kind of see sometimes, like, some versions of Lex. You can kind of, like, say, yeah, human who's kind of, like, feels like you know, less powerful than Superman. They could see him lashing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the best villains are always the hero of their own story, but I truly don't see how this Lex would ever perceive himself to be a hero because it's like, what's his motivation? He doesn't. Well, that's what I'm trying to remember and figure out here is, is what is the motivation for this? It's, you know, he's talking about a deterrent and about protecting against this metahuman theory that they live amongst this type thing. Is it about that? Is it about creating an iron suit around the world? I, well, when you get to kind of his speech to Superman at the climax of the movie, he basically says, like, he was abused by his father who was powerful, so therefore he opposes power in all its forms. So he sets this massively complex <laughs> set of... <laughs> machinations in play to exact or take Superman out because Superman's the most powerful being kind of thing. I, I like where Sonny was going. Like, I think it would have been cool if Lex talks about losing people in Metropolis and mm-hmm. um, trying to, uh, you know, make good on the damage that Superman wrought on the world. Mm-hmm. Zod, great villain. Yes, Zod was fantastic. I thought it was kind of cool that they incorporated him into this movie. Yeah, yeah, Michael Shannon, nice little shared universe there. Jolly Ranchers, got to get that in. (laughs) Yeah, like this. What's like what's with this though? (laughs) Like, just goes to show how eccentric he is, right? And just like him like he's always in charge right like he's he's a powerful guy and like he's doing that to like the u.s senator or whoever that guy was like he's just just ballsy <laughs> yeah it's he just get, he has no even superman makes eggs <laughs> he's, he's got to get his protein man look at how jacked he is <laughs> right <laughs> this is where i find and i don't know with the ultimate cut where it gets choppy for me the pacing and editing. Is... Yeah, I think some of this was cut out. Like, I don't know about that first news feed, but this stuff with mm-hmm. with Wallace here, 
I mm-hmm. don't believe that we see him in his apartment. I think it cuts straight to Heroes Park. With yeah, him. I can't remember. I stopped watching the theatrical cut. Like I've only seen, I've seen that five years ago, but I just watched the alternate three times. Yeah, like I think we join him here at the mm-hmm. memorial. Yeah, yeah. There's where the green socks were for the green screen. I yes. remember seeing that behind the scenes footage, and people were like, "Oh, what is he? You know, is he Flash? Is he Green Lantern?" Mm-hmm. No, he's Walt. Yeah, but, this was a neat idea. Yeah, like the Heroes Park. Or, or just having just a like character camping. like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a movie of this style, right? Mm-hmm. Ironically, he's he's kind of Baron Zemo yes. in Civil War. <laughs> the man that lost his family. Yeah, and that's... It is... I do like this. This works. Mm-hmm. I like they're just like don't do it. And they don't do anything. <laughs> just like what are you gonna do? If you look here, I think this is the scene. You can see one of. I'll, I'll point it out when we get to it. But you can see one of the uh, uh, artists, Jay Oliva. Uh, you can see like his like, cubicle there, and. Uh, he, he does like a bunch of like the animation and like directing of like the DC animated films and he, he worked on this one as well. You can see he's got a cubicle there and like a jersey hanging in the background of uh, Metropolis or Gotham. I can't remember which one. It's funny. He's like the he was the biggest flag waver about the the Snyder Cut of Justice League existing and he did a ton of podcasts and would get into wars on Twitter and stuff like that. And I listened to one of his interviews and he talks about being the guy that talked Snyder into the ending of Man of Steel, saying that he should do this big over-the-top anime-style ending. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a bit of guilt as to <laughs> how the reception of that idea went <laughs> down with, in, uh, with the public. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> so this stuff was cut out, uh, the theatrical cut, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Clark going and doing his version of the investigation into what's happening with Batman. Right, and I oh, like yes. that it was kind of Twin Cities because it's never been Metropolis and Gotham side by side, but you can definitely tell Metropolis is like the city on the rise, whereas Gotham's just the city on the decline, and it kind of matches Superman and Batman, right, with their where their moods are at. The city is definitely, uh, definitely yeah. Yeah, shadows that, mimics that. I remember in the lead-up to this movie, um, Snyder saying like, "Oh, the one, the one big change that I did make that people might get upset about is the Twin Cities aspect." <laughs> and yeah, after seeing the discourse on this movie after the fact, it kind of made me chuckle. That. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what you thought people would get mad about. <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess when we're at so this point, Clark's out doing an investigation, right? Trying to find that lady, and then he gets the hint of the Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Clever. So that I thought was cool and they should have built out more. See, this, I this love is where this. it gets jumpy for me. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Yeah, notwithstanding like the narrative jump, like Bruce watching this MMA match and being able to read the fighters and tell the one guy <laughs> yeah. exactly how to take right. the other guy Good out. Tips. Amazing. Amazing. And that it was something that the mm-hmm. guy in the fight couldn't realize right. like 
that. that was the thing I loved about this movie was that it was the one time that we see Batman as the world's greatest fighter. Mm-hmm. So a little uh, yeah. peek behind the curtain to our listeners. I, mean, uh, the warehouse I, I may or may not have been the. Yeah, I may or may not be the one guy in the world that uh, bought a Windows phone, and uh, I did it because that's what Bruce Wayne was rocking in this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm that guy. So much I'm influence. <laughs> Can you clone a device successfully like that? Oh man, that that phone lasted. Like we need more. 18, per- we need more Perry White. I was sad that he minutes. wasn't in Justice League. I'd like to see him brought back. Yeah, but he's uh, Goliath now in Marvel. Yeah, he's got a spot, man. He's he's good to go. He needs to come back, man. He needs to come back. He's awesome. He's an awesome actor. Sorry, who needs to come back? Perry White, or are you talking about Henry Cavill? <laughs> Both, please. <laughs> I'll take one of each. I, I really like that little bit of dialogue about Clark kind of trying to hold Perry accountable for mm-hmm. the types of stories. And uh, he almost has like a, an outdated piece of state of mind in that the press can influence the public and mm-hmm. um, change minds and try and give people some information as to what's right and wrong. I did appreciate that they went into those types of areas with Clark Kent's character. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell he's from Smallville, right? The country bumpkin. It never left him. <laughs> but that's what the character is all about. <laughs> is embodying ideals, man. I know. And then he has it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... Man, this, this I have to be honest with you guys right now. Having only seen this movie once, I, I'm a bit lost. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an awesome point of view, because you're the type there of this, guy there that this, to the right, to the right. There you see the Gotham needs to, Sorry, I had to get oh, right there. Yeah, and this is this is what happens: is we have people invested in the comic book movie storytelling are lost with this and then we have the Zack Snyder super fans and Sanjay being like hey you know what's awesome is Jay Oliva's uh, <laughs> it's cool, name man. plaque well I mean it'd probably be easier to follow if I wasn't talking through the whole thing no it's not know? that it's We're just like, this, and I think if you go back the to the original like, look at this my one of my criticisms is the pacing and the editing it's way too jumpy like in yeah. the last two minutes we've had Lois Lane storyline Clark storyline uh, what's his name Bruce's storyline and now we're back here with Lex, with Lex. and mm-hmm. and his dialogue in itself is hard to follow. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? So that is infinitely compounded by this kind of poetic dialogue, mm-hmm. which is admirable and an art form. But at the same time, is that the best way to convey your story to an audience, and in particular, a general audience? Like... Mm-hmm. Well, and especially when you have f- these exposition-heavy pieces that are trying to catch the audience up very quickly to what is going on, right? We've been introduced to a ton of new concepts here. If you're, say, inviting a whole new audience to this film universe that, say, maybe mm-hmm. hasn't seen Man of Steel, is familiar with the concept of Batman and that, and you're introducing Kryptonite, Zod, everything else that's going on, it's I'm not saying it's too much, but... The, the exposition doesn't help clarify, which it's meant to be. 
these scenes are meant to clarify plot points that you cannot show because you don't have the time to do it. Yeah, like the the Paul Revere analogy for her hearings. Like, just say it in a straightforward manner, and the audience will be able to pick up better what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. You can sort of peach tea thing and all that. Like, <laughs> you definitely need to see Man of Steel, right? But I think that should be like expected. Any sequel, you should be able to like see the first one, right? Like, it's. Well, but man, like, of... how many times have you seen this movie and you haven't yet been able to tell me what the hell Lex Luthor's <laughs> plan and motivation is in clear terms? I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just, it's to me and f- you guys out there that are quite invested in this, it's just too much of this weird commentary. And then we're back to the Waynes. Like, to me, there's no there's no natural pacing or natural transition between that scene and this scene. I understand where you're going. You got a lot to do, but you should naturally transition from Luther to something that he was just talking about. Reinforce what you just said with mm-hmm. the next scene, and this jumping to Bruce, I don't think works. Yeah, and like there's, there's imagery. Guys, remember here. Martha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I do appreciate oh, yeah. that they you... bring her name back, right? For where they're going. Mm-hmm. And that so so you have this stained glass window with an angel who's evocative of Superman, yes. right? And this is supposed mm-hmm. to further Ben's mania or Bruce's mania as to what's going on and obviously at his mother's Please. gravesite. You can hear the world engine in the background, right? Like you can hear that, just like the the noise when it like goes like pulsating into the earth. That sound yeah. is like in that scene, right? Like you're picking up that he's dreaming about this, and it's just you can kind of tell it's a dream and just the anxiety he feels from that from that mm-hmm. moment. But to Tim's point, is that the clearest way to tell your story? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I can appreciate I absolutely appreciate the artistry of this movie but mm-hmm. man it's it's debatable whether it's an efficient and um way to tell this type of movie it, it's to like to be honest with you what it is is it's a comic book on screen like i think in the sense that a comic book allows you with dialogue, the ability to reread panels. It allows mm-hmm. you to do more. Like the medium allows for, I think, more complex storytelling. Where and this, you digest it slower, right? Exactly. You digest, and you can go back and reread. Oh, I didn't get that. I can go back. Movies, especially movies like this, are at a pace where you don't have time to go back. You've got to be picking up things as you go, mm-hmm. at least in first viewings. And yes, you can get second viewings, third viewings in and all that. And some of that's forgivable. And I probably forgive in other movies that I'm quite a fan of in the past. But like, I feel that the complexity of everything that's going on is, to me, resembles more of I'm trying to translate something directly, like a comic book onto screen, which is good. Maybe it's maybe that's what you want. But I don't think a comic book is directly translatable to film. You have to take mm-hmm. concepts, ideas, and a base story or narrative, and then mold that into a film that's true yeah that's i don't know true. like i kind of dig that it's just like the first time i watch this there's stuff that you don't pick up and then every time you watch it you pick up on like one or two other things 
So like you keep watching it and you keep like learning more and you keep like discovering more. I, I don't know. I kind of like that as opposed to like you watch a film on first viewing and it's very surface level and you're just like, okay, I got everything. I don't need to watch this again. Whereas this one, I watch it and I see, oh, there's Ben Affleck's butt. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you but, watch it again and again and you pick up new things. Like, But I, if I you that's... dislike it, like how many people are going to go back and watch a movie mm-hmm. multiple times, right? Like I yeah. will because like those shots of the bat suit – Yes. sitting there are incredible mm-hmm. and that really speaks to a guy like me but somebody like tim's wife why would she spend time <laughs> like this movie comes out the ultimate edition it's like well i didn't like the two and a half hour version why <laughs> yeah. would i watch the three hour version <laughs> yeah I I, I I i did like the wayne manor burnt down and the robin nod as well i, I think that speaks mm-hmm. to like where this batman's at i thought that was kind of a cool you're throwing major easter eggs into stuff like that i i really like that like oh, yeah, he, it I means that so. Batman's gone through some stuff. And I think oh, that yeah. there is better than any sort of dialogue that you could have mm-hmm. to represent what this Batman's been through. Yeah, no, they did do a good job with doing conveying that through the the Easter eggs. and There's there we go. The, the first appearance, Wonder Woman, the most iconic superhero first appearance maybe of all time, like, is her in this movie. And, yeah. Uh, Man, like, if you if you didn't know she was Wonder Woman, you wouldn't pick up she was Wonder Woman right away. You know what I mean? Like, just the way that she's like sleeking around and stuff. Like, you you wouldn't necessarily know like, oh, this is Wonder Woman. You know, like we knew because well, she's on the cover for one, but like, she was like marketed that way. But if you just went and watched this in like twenty years, know nothing about it, you know, you may not know. I mean, now that she's blown up and she, Gal Gadot's one of the biggest actresses in the world you would know but i mean like you know what i mean like if you didn't like know it you wouldn't know yeah it would be amazing to go into this blind and mm-hmm. have no idea that it's impossible in the age of toys and marketing and trailers mm-hmm. and whatnot but and she does like i i like her performance in this like even just little things like lex talking about zeus yeah. in his speech yeah, and you kind of see her roll her eyes that's good yeah Because it's an interesting point to our part where you have this is the first intersection of the big three. Yes, at this party, actually, that's a that's a great point. I never paid any attention to. Maybe maybe not a natural intersection, but definitely the first point where you see them all. Well, they're at least all in the same room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bruce, I guess we get it later on, but the and not that this this is a knock against it but remind me why diane is in the room here she's investigating lex to get the picture of mm-hmm. her and the like steve trevor and the group that kind of oh. helps her is being around for 100 years right. so that's what she's kind of skulking around lex for and why she eventually ends up stealing that um the drive or... spy device yeah that drive yeah. from bruce yeah. But like, yeah, stuff like Lex's I have speech no idea what like... he's talking about here. <laughs> it's to throw people off. And it's all an act. He knows. He's playing the room. He's like, well, uh, no, like he's explaining his motivations, but <laughs> it's like so abstract. And yeah. even when he's doing it directly, it's abstract. And it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a choice, which is mm-hmm. fine, but here we um, go. Yeah. Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. That's cool with her in the background, too. I, that, that, mm-hmm. It's a cool shot. 
Yeah, the framing of the shot is awesome. Did you ever see the Saturday Night Live? Or maybe it was... Um, oh, Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon, where um, they had Will Arnett show up in here. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Lego yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they recreated this scene. That was great, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a cool framing of their conflict. Because it's almost like each of them know who the other guy is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking in in less direct ways at each other. Well, Clark knows he's Batman because he's been listening in the earpiece, so he knows that like Bruce Wayne, something's up with him. Does is and... Bruce Wayne meant to know that this is Superman at this point? I don't think he not does. at this point in time. No, but Lex honestly, knows. yeah, the fatal flaw of this movie for me is that Clark <laughs> should have found out who Bruce Wayne was throughout the course of his investigation in this movie, and that Martha should have been used in a tactical way against Bruce. Mm-hmm. And that that was how Superman, quote-unquote, wins the fight or stops the fight at least. But they don't really see that, right? Which further undermines that piece. Spoilers for anybody who's <laughs> watching this for the first time with uh, our commentary track. <laughs> how does yeah. Lex know who Clark is? Like in the same like in the same sentence you can say, hey, Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne is a stature that is above majority of people in this room, and you've mm-hmm. got mild mannered reporter. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. Uh, it's he just... did some. He did some homework, man. He's got the like metahuman thesis with the, uh, like Flash Aquaman. So he knows that Clark Kent's Superman. Right? There's a reason why he got invited to this party. But I see what Tim's saying is like, why would he out himself as knowing some random reporter? Right? <laughs> I'm sure Clark didn't think too much about it. He's probably just like, yeah, okay. Especially a reporter that's not at the stature of Lois Lane either. Right? That's Mm -hmm. super Mm well-known. Well, and he's supposed to be fairly new, right? Mm -hmm. So this little cat and mouse of Bruce and Diana was cool. She's great. And I really liked how they framed Clark watching the news with the serving staff, who's, I guess, meant to be Mexican in this, and Mm -hmm. that they're watching what's happening back home kind of thing helplessly, and that Mm -hmm. he makes the decision to change roles look at that the tie comes down Ooh, nice shot yeah that was Man, a cool she's shot. good at that role that's <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, one of my favorite phenomenal. parts of this, this I'd argue that she single handedly mm-hmm. saved this whole cinematic universe if not this movie <laughs> I love so, this scene Superman at the Day of the Dead, and they just Day reach out to dead. him, man. Oh. This yeah, is just like the imagery and everything, and like all the people that he's, you know, he saved her, and all the people reaching out just to touch him. Like that's what it would be like if there was a Superman, right? What's just that? To be in his God presence. complex, that God imagery that we get a lot of the Second Coming, if you will. Yeah. The dialogue here with the news personalities, I thought was well done, given the story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was kind of neat. So here we have some uh, Jesus imagery. So this is obviously supposed to be evocative of mm-hmm. Christ pulling the cross kind of thing. And um, I appreciate some of that, but man, it gets pretty heavy handed at times in these movies. <laughs> 
ham-fisted. I, I think, and we've, we've had this discussion offline in the past about the concept of the second coming and the imagery that they use with and for Superman as being someone that can cause some, I guess, unrest when it comes to religion mm-hmm. and using that. I think would. used as a a subtle way to frame it out. I think I think it can be done really well, but I find that some of this is just very on the nose, ham fisted. Yeah. I mean it's been like that in other Superman movies, right? Like if you go back to Superman one, Superman Returns, Smallville, it's all it's always been there. It's always been there since his origins, right? So See stuff like this, I think is where you leave your audience cold on Superman because you kinda like I get what they're going for, but it's like it's not a comic book panel. So you have these people like freezing and suffering in this flood. And the way it's shot and framed is that he's just like sitting mm-hmm. up there, like looking down at them kind of thing. Um, it's beautiful imagery, mm-hmm. but I can kind of see where people would criticize this Superman for being too distant and too detached. Um, is this more I, powerful did... earlier on in the film? Like what is it? Was it that that moment where he's standing in the kitchen? that made him think like, oh, I can do more, I can do better? Like, is that, was that meant to be like the thing that, that, that catalyzed a lot of this? Or... Well, because, yeah, you had like the uh, Karina from there talking about her experience on TV, right? Mm-hmm. So, so here we have his conversation with his Martha. Yeah. I never put it together that they had the same mom's name. You know, like reading comics and stuff and being fans of these characters, it, it never dawned on me that they had the same name until I watched this film. I don't know. Oh, really? It's not something I thought of. No, I never thought of it. And then oh. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I can't believe it. Never... <laughs> like, when they came up with Batman and they're like, oh, we got to name his mom something. Or they're like, oh, it worked for Superman. Let's just name her Martha again. <laughs> like, but... <laughs> yeah. No, I had a my best buddy. He's a big Superman fan and our moms actually have the same name, which was ironic. So oh, well, <laughs> that's been a running joke for he's us ever for gonna kill you. decades. <laughs> Remember when we all thought Jenna Malone was going to be Batgirl? Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. She's Batgirl. She's going to be Batgirl. And everyone's like, yeah, in the Ultimate Edition, they cut Batgirl. And then then it came out. And it's just like, no, she's just, just playing like a crime scene or, or a lab investigator. See, yeah. The, tell me if they had to juxtapose that Martha scene with a Bruce Martha scene does that connection mean more down the road and like this is the jumping around I'm talking about we go we go Martha to Lois investigation to bat investigation like I get all yeah. these things intersect at some point well and ironically so both that crime lab scene Clark doing his stuff there and this jailhouse scene were all cut out of the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yet they still didn't erase them completely. So they come into play later on. So here's one of the things that doesn't make sense to me. Why would these jailhouse guys be um, carrying out the bidding of Batman? Isn't it arguable but that, that he put a pile of them in there and busted a bunch no, of them? No, he's up. doing it because of Luther, right? Like, uh, KG Beast is in the jail. 
he's talking to the guy before he kills him. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll see the scene. This part is funny where he, like, the chair rotation. It's like back-to-back chair rotations. Like, Lex does this, and then uh, you'll see he, he does it. <laughs> Wallace does it uh, immediately after. Oh, in the senator's office? There? Yeah, in Senator Finch's office. Wait for it. Wait for it. So, yeah, this was interesting that they decided to go with this route with Wallace's character. Here it is, here it is. <laughs> it just, just it screams effect. Professor X. <laughs> it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, so here we have Wallace begging to oh, his what? go testify. His wife didn't die? She left no, him? She, she left him, yeah. Took the kids. Damn. See right here, KG Beast is talking to this guy saying like, hey, hmm. you kill him. Right, we're framing Batman. I'll pay you money or I'll pay your lawyer. Whatever, right? You don't really know, but you can tell like it's Lex that's kind of pulling the strings here. No, fair enough. My goodness. <laughs> this is choppy. I'm sorry. I keep coming back to that. But we're all over the place. Well, the other thing, too, is how do you know that this will elicit a response from Clark Kent slash Superman, this whole branding and criminals being killed and that he's by coincidence going to run into this guy's widow and his son and that'll motivate him to go after Batman and then that Batman was at ground zero of the Metropolis event well I mean I think the, it's just like you'd have I don't know like the, like you think you'd see Batman he's you know he's branding people it would just be like an obvious way to like, okay, everyone that's branded, if Lex pays people in jail to like kill him, then you can kind of set up this conflict where Superman obviously is standing up for like truth, justice in the American way. Doesn't like people getting killed from like a vigilante running around branding people, right? So that, that kind but then of why wouldn't Batman just kill them firsthand? Which is weird. <laughs> then Tim's reaction says everything you need to know about Lois and her weird bullets investigation. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's not video, but I'm trying not to come back to the same thing. But I, I, I swear I'm all over the place here. And The video is fantastic because you can actively see you trying to understand what's going on. Just well, like... I'm trying to give this a, a full shot, like a fair shot. But I struggled with the same thing in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Is that... I... Yeah, and then we're back to the with Clark. I did like uh, Perry calling him out for not doing his job and doing the sports <laughs> <Yeah>. page. <laughs> and, and Perry's dialogue here is pretty cool, and yeah. it made for great trailers. With nobody cares about Clark Kent going after the Batman. And, right, mm-hmm. it's not nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah, the allusions to Superman's origin and whatnot. Yeah, was kind of cool. Um, but yeah. yeah. Like you said, they're they're just kind of all over the place with the story that they're telling, and so much of your climax is predicated on coincidence. Like the two protagonists have to act in such a manner that it would be impossible for Lex to manipulate them into acting that way, in my opinion. Like yeah. Lois's whole thing, like if the bullet doesn't hit her diary and if she doesn't fish it out and decide to investigate it, like if she just throws that thing in the garbage, <laughs> like people normally would, 
That whole right. thing's down the toilet. Yeah, but I mean, like, Lexus, he has his backup plan, too, right? So maybe, like, his plan was like, okay, we'll use Doomsday, but, like, hey, this this whole thing with Batman kind of... I forgot that Doomsday said this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, man, this movie has all this stuff. All this stuff. So here we have Gal Gadot as Diana Prince. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this, too, with, like, the museum guy mansplaining the <laughs> yeah. Greek artifacts to... To her, a Greek yeah. goddess, <laughs> right? Yeah, who's I guess now with I don't know if she's like this in the comic books, but she's uh, what is she? She's an archaeologist or something to that effect in the film universe, at least. Yeah, like mm-hmm. she's like a curator at a museum, yeah. type right. of thing. which would make sense why she'd be like here, right? Like she's looking at all these artifacts right mm-hmm. now. Ben Affleck's the best thing in this movie, <laughs> Ben Affleck's awesome. Yeah. Well, and like he, I like this out of the suit stuff. Like he comes off yes. as a detective. Like him finding her, and the way mm-hmm. he comes up behind her there, and giving this like, "I found you" sort of look, especially just someone that is on her game as, as Diana. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool that we're getting that Batman. No, I loved all this stuff. L- like you know what would be amazing is if they did a Bruce and Diana movie with these two, but it was kind of like romancing the stone where they're going out and <laughs> yeah. investigating mm-hmm. Mr. things Smith. that, <laughs> yeah, that, that correspond to, you know, like Greek artifacts or, mm-hmm. or something where you could get yeah. both of them involved. And, you know, she's taking out the mystical and, <laughs> and heavy hitting type bad guys. And he's taking care of minions and whatnot and doing the detective work. That, that could have been cool. It. I'd watch it. <laughs> Props to Ben Affleck. So all this stuff was done in a wig that he insisted on wearing because he didn't think that his hair would present as Bruce Wayne as oh, well really? as a wig would. And I, Good I love work. how he looks yeah, as Bruce yeah. in this. Oh, he looks fantastic as Bruce Wayne. Like, that yeah. is Bruce Wayne right there. I like how she is also one step ahead of him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these few scenes with Diana does a lot for her character early on. Like, even if you don't know, you're coming into this blind and don't know she's Wonder Woman. She comes mm-hmm. off as a a force in yeah, those few she's scenes. fierce and she's interesting. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. She's now comes cool. everyone when they were in the 90s downloading music off LimeWire, <laughs> waiting for it to load. Napster. <laughs> Napster, That's you fall true. asleep <laughs> by the time it loads. Here's the infamous okay, nightmare here we sequence. Go. We're going to so... see a lot more of this in a few weeks, boys, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so... On Snyder Cut Eve as we record this in case somebody (laughs) finds this commentary track far down the line. Cool looking. I'll give you that. Holy moly. Yeah. There in Metropolis. Gotham just burnt to shit. Was that the Wayne Manor in the background? Yeah. Oh, man. This stuff is awesome. This is... See, this is... It's really cool. But it kind of comes out of nowhere you get a little bit like you said Carl, earlier on about like the psychoses and and maybe the deterioration of bruce wayne mm-hmm. but you have no clue what's going on here if you're dumped no. into this and maybe that's know. the point right it's supposed to be an abrupt shift yeah. into something different like bruce wayne's perspective right you're just like focused on this and then you're, all of a sudden you're like what the hell is this right and but you get no indication like, he's that he's has having premonitions right yeah. Like before, like you're getting a little bit of like he's having nightmares, sure. And you see a bat, that makes sense. He's having issues around his mom, okay, that makes sense. But then, boom, here, we're in some far-flung future. 
Mm-hmm. And hell, it looks cool. I love the look of Batman with the trench coat and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. Like, I love the look of this stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it it was a bit much considering the density of the movie. And then the other thing, too, it's like, I think it's on the special features of the Blu-ray for this, is there's an interview with Snyder and Deborah. I think it's here, um, where he talks about them being well into production and he had the idea of doing this stuff and asked Warner Brothers for money to be able to do it. And it's oh, like, really? So did you have a plan? Or did you just kind of make this up as you're going? Which is is what it is. Superman goons. So he was trick thinking that was kryptonite, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so I guess the setup is. here is that he was getting the, the weapon to finally take out Superman, who's his adversary. Mm-hmm. It's very like uh, what was that game injustice yeah yeah ish um batman with a gun i yeah. mean look at this world <laughs> he needs a gun no i, I, yeah, I don't disagree world, with that he's like screw it man i can't yeah there's I, no penguin here i'm gonna take out these guys going against superman i'm gonna use a gun he doesn't know well, he shoots there yeah <laughs> yeah in, in the context of this i don't mind yeah it works batman with a gun and and it if he was more restrained later on in the movie, this and this world, it sends a massive oh, message. There come right? the parademons. That, oh, I forgot about this too. Holy moly. Guys, what is <laughs> happening? Yeah. That Batman's so far gone that he uses guns, right? right. It makes sense. Yeah. It's, I would knock it for that. In this world. but Like, oof, man, he's going But then down. you get those Zaka stacks later on and it's like, dude, dude <laughs> you're your own worst enemy. But like... So like as a ooh, that was nice. <laughs> as a general audience member. Right. Now you've got parademons, mm-hmm. Superman soldiers, far flung future. It's cool, really cool, like visually. But again, to beat this dead horse, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like no he's clue. Just, he's just seeding it, right? Like after the scene. You see Flash, and he's like, "It might too soon," but it's just like it's just like an idea that's implanted into your head, where you're like, "Okay, what what is this?" Like, and then in the third one, they kind of explain a little bit more, right? So it's just seeing kind of like that cinematic universe where it's like not everything's explained in this one, but yeah. as you get to the third one, you'll like learn more about it. And for me, like, it would be okay if so many things weren't abstract. Like if this was your only abstract thing, sure. Like Age of Ultron. Thor goes on his vision quest and he has those flashbacks to things that play out in Ragnarok and in Endgame. But they're just very small pieces and the rest of the movie is so direct and you're not really guessing. And so then as an audience member, you see the Parademons and the Omega and you're thinking, okay, well, this is like Darkseid has taken over Superman. Mm -hmm. But then you read things like the Vanity Fair article and it's like, oh, I wanted to have Bruce and Lois hook up. So it's like, is that why the, he's mad in the nightmare? Because Bruce cock blocked him. I don't know. Is this Ezra Miller to... in this? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. First appearance of the Flash. This is the first live action Flash in a movie right here, and he's got like kind of like the uh, helmet on. I think we'll see like this in Justice League, like his. Yeah, because you're saying this plays there potentially like this is him coming and then he comes out another oh, time and like the, the, the concept second. and like this has been used the con like the idea of this premonition it's been used in other universes mcu like tony has this premonition mm-hmm. this is why ultron happens and mm-hmm. but this is just very complex well and you built to that right like how many movies did you have before 
to put Tony in a place where you're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, and, and like he's dreaming about things he's seen too, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a tenth of the length of. Well, it's a split second, saw. right? And yeah. this is where, you, like, you'd have I think general audience turning to each other and be like, "What just happened? Like, mm-hmm. what was that?" And I think if you maybe have that interspersed a little where he's having flashes, like something triggers that. But Mm -hmm. the idea of him having a full-fledged premonition, like that's not a dream. That's a premonition, right? Of what happens if he doesn't. And that becomes a motivator for him. That premonition, believing that that, what he has in his head is true, is what drives him to be this Bruce Wayne and ends up getting to the point where he is now the enemy, Superman, that being. And so it's it's such a critical piece of his motivation but it's difficult to follow like from a narrative standpoint. Like I get, I get what's going on, but yeah, no, it, it is odd. Right. And then that, that goes on to be such a big piece of where they decide to take things going forward. Right. Um, I really like this exchange between Bruce and Alfred where Alfred kind of calls him out about not being able to lie to him. And then mm-hmm. Bruce explains what he's going for with this kryptonite. See, this is good exposition. Yes. This tells you exactly what the point of the kryptonite is to the general audience. You have to remember, too, right? They're not, this movie isn't aimed, or maybe it is. Maybe that was the problem. It's not aimed directly or shouldn't be at someone that is not in the know. Like, you have to mm-hmm. do some work to get your, if you want this to be a billion dollar movie, you have to have the general audience on board and understanding what's going on. Yeah. And this exchange, no, I like, think, does a lot. This was good. This was good, I'd, and Iron is the a shit out of this force. <laughs> like just the lip quiver and all that. Yeah, he's so intense. But I always <laughs> found that line we have to take. You know, even there's a one percent chance he's our enemy. He is our enemy, type thing. Yeah, and it's like I can see Bruce wanting to have a deterrent, but that he's like actively planning to kill the guy it's like, <laughs> seriously man so it's like he hasn't done anything wrong since that day right and you're supposed to be one of the most intelligent man on the planet <laughs> you should be like okay maybe i don't have to go kill this guy for what he might do yeah but uh yeah well i mean it's just like it goes back to like if superman wanted to he had a bad day something he could take over the whole world and he said there's not a damn thing they could do to stop him. It's like, yeah. Like, what What would you do, right? So it's just him yeah. being prepared. He's always the ultimate prepared man, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but being prepared and going out and preemptively killing somebody is two, <laughs> two different things, especially when you're a quote-unquote hero. Like, right. if that was Deathstroke doing those things, sure. But I think, like, so it, this stuff was cut out of the theatrical editions Bruce or sorry Clark making good on his investigation and interviewing the widow of the fellow that was branded and shanked mm-hmm. and this kind I of judge this kind of goes back to his motivation right like you know what stops a man like that a fist it was kind of like yeah maybe like I should do something with that Batman guy because words won't stop him yeah and I guess he does what he goes and wrecks the Batmobile kind of thing. but That's why you're mad at Superman, right? He just wrecked all the Batman's toys. <laughs> <laughs> so like a sweet Batmobile. And that the uh, point of all that, too, is so that it's a two-sided conflict. Like, mm-hmm. Clark is going at 
Batman and Batman's going at Clark. Mm-hmm. So it's not, uh, yes. So it's not just like single mode. Like it's not just Batman going at Superman and Superman being like, okay, I'm tired of this. I'm going to wreck <laughs> yeah. your stuff because you keep coming at me. I'm trying to do good things. Which I don't know that was necessary, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I don't think it was. Either. I don't think you need to have a conflict on the side of of Clark. Mm-hmm. No, and, just make him good, and yeah. quite frankly, make Batman bad. And I'm saying that as the Batman guy, mm-hmm. right? Like, just like it's easier, make him it's the cleaner. Guy. Yeah. So here we have some cool imagery ripped out of the Dark Knight Returns. So mm-hmm. Batman with the sniper rifle. And so, yeah, I get you want to take this shot. So Batman, world's greatest strategist, fires a tracking device inside of this truck. And I would suggest that you probably follow it in stealth mode and go steal whatever you need <laughs> to steal from the warehouse. But uh, can't we'll wait. see what plays out here. We can't wait, right? Like, Do you think cool, that's Affleck cool standing shots. on top of that crane? 100%. No. it's Affleck's scan in a computer standing on top of that (laughs) crane so yeah shoots a tracking device in there and that's cool and these guys run to you know um, do the escort of the kryptonite transport and so yeah that's that's a cool play that's a pretty Batman move to get your tracking device in there but then we get the Zack attack where it's like, <laughs> let's just plow into this car full of guys at full speed. You're shooting at because them, man. That's that. the most efficient thing to he's, do. He's driving at them. Get out of here, man. Yeah. You're in my way. What, is, what does Batman say in Batman Begins? I don't have to save you. Uh, yeah, but then he harpoons the car. <laughs> and he's chasing these guys but pulling this charger behind is him there guys in that car reasons yep there were <laughs> yeah, nine more. and he pulls it all this way wrecking all this civic property because he knows that there'll be an opportunity to flip the car onto these guys like this is the thing man there's just so many things where it's like snyder thought this would be cool and then he undermines his movie to be able to get to that point it drives me freaking bananas. <laughs> then this guy just happens to have a Gatling Whoa. gun in the back of his Jeep Compass, which yeah, is they, they whatever. It's standard now. It's like the standard yeah. in a Jeep. But like, look, he's and getting then, shot at. He's giving him warning shots. And then, look, he didn't get out of the way. But what, this, this I don't know that move? that was the intent. <laughs> is this scene a, a box tick on a Batmobile chase? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like even just peel back a layer of the onion here because there's like a ton of civilian vehicles and other people driving around and like civic property. Why would Batman engage in this type of behavior if he's supposed to be the protector of Gotham? He's but why unhinged, did he track man. the thing? He's, he's a loose, Exactly. <laughs> he's a, a way cooler scene <laughs> would have been him tracking this thing and breaking in and taking all these guys out stealth stuff. Yeah, or even like as a, the truck is moving... <laughs> fighting them inside of a moving truck or something yeah, nah, like that. Man, like, I don't understand. But no. it's, it's okay. Get out the I way. See. Get out the way. Like, yeah. like I... So he blows up this poor gas truck driver. So this dude Batman is working the night shift. To... The guy no, ran into uh, but he, Because he chased him. If Batman was a policeman and caused the bad guy to crash into that gas truck, he'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that rocket launcher. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, you, you can't... Whoa. Yeah, you can't. 
And the other thing that drives me bananas is like <laughs> the smarter move would be for Batman to have like less lethal tech on the Batmobile, like EMP weapons, glue gun weapons, grappling hooks. Like if you do need to have a Batmobile chase, like the most pedestrian thing to do is to just have guns and rockets on the Batmobile. <laughs> like, but there's been guns cool. in other Batmobiles, right? Like Batman 89 had a gun. That's that's fair, but just because Tim Burton did it, like, and I think the standard is way higher now. Oh. Like the second Tony Stark strapped on that armor, the standard for these movies elevated. Look at this. Period. Full stop. Sorry, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. You don't get to do the things that Tim Burton did. You don't get to do the things Tim Burton did for DC movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think the standard was raised. Right, like there was a time where, like. Kevin Feige's not going to be able to have the X-Men in black leather. <laughs> if Clark's not doing that investigation, does this scene work as well? I guess it would be... Well, he kind of, like, he's realized Batman's unhinged, right? So he's like, dude... Well, he's Superman. If he heard whatever was happening in in Africa, I'm sure he could hear, like, that carnage playing out <laughs> in the streets and fly over and stop it. So, like, no. yeah, like, to your point, Tim, you probably don't need the the investigation pieces right where it's just superman trying to stop the carnage that mm -hmm. batman is the do you bleed line world. is cool though oh it's dope because that goes back to you know you make a god bleed you prove that he's not god type thing mm -hmm. the batmobile is just ripped to shit shit right here I, <laughs> it's like how's it still driving <laughs> cool entrance. i did like this and I, yeah and i like the entrance under the water of the bat the back cave oh, that's imagine thinking imagine driving home every night being like man i hope i make this jump right the back cave is cool, cool. like I, I really do like it oh, it's dope. yeah i love him jumping out i am sad that they didn't just go with the alice alice cooper look with the makeup kind of like oh, they did the with pattinson eyes. when he takes oh, off yeah, the mask like eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true Nib Affleck and his hair is perfectly done and whatnot. So, so here he goes and he sees that his tracking beacon is still working. But then he shoot on the side of that thing that he just blew up. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I think. Lex but I still don't like. <laughs> again, <laughs> why? Like to the point of like he shoots it. Why didn't he just go home and do yep. this and just cut to right here? Can't wait. Right, and there's a man. scene that comes up in a bit where you see Lex looking at um, security footage, yeah. but if they had used their action sequence to be that, like Batman doing stealth takedowns all over the place, like that's some cool stuff. Like mm -hmm. I've spent entire days just doing stealth takedowns in the <laughs> Arkham games. Like right. <laughs> they could have had a whole bunch of cool things, but that just blows and stuff like, up you, in the Batmobile. You go to like the later the scene we're gonna see later on that is probably one of the most praised Batman scenes in this universe is the warehouse scene, right? It's hand-to-hand. -hand. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm guessing that that Batmobile chase scene is likely, we need a toy, we need this, etc. Like, you've got to click a few, or tick a few boxes as you go. Oh, yeah. But you could have just had it. You could have used it another, another, another stuff, way, right? right? It could have been him driving to Doomsday or whatever, if I remember the movie right. Yeah. Or even just, if you're framing things up a bit different, right? That, you have him driving to to the Luther Corp research park there to steal the the kryptonite and skulking around or driving away from that opening scene. 
after mm-hmm. the police shoot at him and stuff, just to tick that toy box. Because that Batmobile is awesome. There's no taking that away from it. Like yeah. I think it's take that gun off the front, and it's probably my favorite Batmobile. What was Lois doing again? Like, what's with the bullet? So it's like a non-conventional bullet, and she's trying to research where it comes from. So she goes to see that scientist, so Jenna Malone's character, who then traces it back to, like, experimental weapons from Lex. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, So this is an interesting stance for Martha Kent to have, where she's like, you know, Clark... You don't need to do anything. You're you're the best, but you don't know these people anything. It's like, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> the the, the Kents I mean, are supposed to be the basis of his moral compass, right? Like, one of the tropes of Superman is that if he wasn't raised the way that he was, mm-hmm. he would have used his power for evil, right? But Or perhaps for selfish ends, mm-hmm. but because his foundation is so strong, Mm-hmm. Um, based on how the Kents raised him. That's why he's the guy that, despite being able to do whatever he wants to do, he chooses to live a life of service, so to speak. So all of this stuff was cut out of the movie with um, Karina. Yeah, I think that going. works being cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I agree. But if you're going to keep all the Africa stuff in, yeah. then it mm-hmm. needs to have a conclusion as opposed to just being orphaned in the movie. Right. Okay, in the last so 60 seconds, we've that. been in five different locations. <laughs> Six. <laughs> yeah. So here we have Lois talking to Martian Manhunter, question mark. Oh, is that who yeah. this is meant to be? Is it the same actor yeah. that's going to be in the center cut? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, he's a Martian man. I don't know if that's spoilers though. People all know that. It's been it's been all over the news. Oh, it's you been everywhere. Can't spoil. We're know. we're talking about a movie that came out in 2016 too, and speculating on a movie yeah. that's already been released and it's being re-released. Well, and the IGN thing, like on the weekend, he actually called in. Oh, did he? <laughs> and was like asking. He's like, oh, was uh, like, was in the Martian manager take this guy's identity, or has he always <laughs> been him? So Snyder himself kind of said that Calvin is Martian Manhunter's secret identity. So he's been Martian Manhunter this whole time, but just kind of in the background and lets all this terrible stuff happen. He's working behind the scenes. He's working with the U.S. government. Like he's, he's helping. Everyone's helping in their own way. Sure. <laughs> of the portrait in the background of his dad. I wonder if wow. Jeffrey Dean Morgan has that in his room. <laughs> Zack Snyder has it in his oh, for real? gym or in his office, yeah. Look at that mustache on the background. And this is, we're going to the hearing about Superman's place in this world. Ask, like, based on them calling him out. Yeah. yeah, for what happened in Africa, saying that he was responsible for it. He should have known. He should have done something. There's Karina right there. She's like, hey, you look familiar. And yeah, this is where Lois kind of says, this is the plot against Superman. And she calls Perry uh, to try and put it out to press so that 
the media can sway the public, I guess. Yeah, inform people, I guess, yeah. Well, we know the media doesn't have any power anymore because <laughs> no one believes so, anything. Well, yeah, and on the eve of these hearings, you'd think Lois would have connections or Martian Manhunter, who's a five-star general, would be able to get in touch with the Senate committee and be like, yo, there's some information that we have that uh, you should maybe be privy to before we head into the hearing. Just, just saying. Or Lois doesn't know, right? She doesn't tell him. She goes like, okay, thank you, and then leaves. So he doesn't really know. But she was just sitting with a bench, and they discovered that it was like Lex's stuff, right? <laughs> and she figures it all out. So this is Buddy in the chair sending yeah, his checks so back? Yeah, which was like a neat touch that Bruce has been taking care of him or trying to take mm-hmm. care of him um, in the wake of his accident, kind of showing that Bruce isn't just heartless corporate billionaire Jeff Bezos kind of guy. (laughs) Shoulder. I kind of like the chaos of this Senate hearing a bit, like at least to build into it with Superman above. I think with a lot of my confusion and everything else that's going on, I think there's, there's parts of this that you could have kept that and even have Luther in here, kind of mucking things up Mm -hmm. but maybe not as the villain yeah as like a background player or maybe influencing the government right yeah it's not as though (laughs) captains of industry never do that and his motivations get revealed like at the end of the movie for what's next Mm -hmm. instead of inside of the movie so we have the whole thing with yeah it was well all of her stuff was essentially cut so yeah. Kahina ends up getting killed by the KG beast and all that time that we spent setting things up is arguably all for naught. I like this though with the background of people. Some people like love him. Some people hate him. It's kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. The po- yeah. Like, like, the, oh, go ahead, buddy. The polarization of Superman. I, I, it's kind of an interesting concept and I do like, like especially reflecting now back in, in 2020, 2021, you take a figure like this and then you put them in front of us. You'd think, Oh yeah, everyone would accept them, but there's likely a, ha- yeah. a large contingent of people that'd be like, no, like he needs to be in check. And so like this stuff is cool. I like him walking in here amongst mm-hmm. this courtroom with everyone buttoned up and he's in this pretty badass looking suit. Yeah, and man, I was so looking forward to this moment in the movie, right? Like it had mm-hmm. been teased at in the trailers and mm-hmm. we've kind of Superman's been pretty silent throughout the entire runtime of the film, right? So you have Pen- Senator Patrick Leahy. He's been in like every single Batman movie, like Right, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. He was in the Dark Knight and Yeah, uh, he was in this and Yeah, good on him, man. Yeah. He is a super fan, so. Yeah. Mercy. Mercy Crave from the animated series. Yeah, who, I I don't know. I, I'd argue that they kind of wasted her, right? Yeah. Where she's a cool character, and she, she doesn't, I think she has, like, one line of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I was, like, hyped to hear Superman kind of defend his action, his position, and speak for himself and, you know, let people know why um, mm-hmm. 
he acts the way that he does and that he's trying to do things in people's best interest. And then it's like, nope, let's just blow everything up. <laughs> so does she know? Like, where does this tea come from? Well, because when she's talking to Lex, mm-hmm. she says, you can put, like, I know you're a liar because she's Kiss calling him out for the kryptonite. Call it Granny's Peach Tea. Yeah. So she knows she's screwed here. She's like, oh, damn. Yeah, and she kind of puts it all together too late. The scene was so loud in the theater. Oh my god, it was deafening. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't see it coming, and then like when it hit, I was not like braced for it. It was so loud, like I literally jumped out of my seat. Hmm. So it's the framing of Superman, correct? There's the horse again. No, I think it's more like Superman could have stopped it, but he chose not to. Is what people take it as. Whereas really? Because I would think, it. like to me, like looking at this from everything that they set up, it's, it's the like he's gone in there and done something, right? Like no one's gonna put together this as a bomb when he comes f- scooting out of this. Yeah, and that was kind of the complaint with the theatrical cut. So in this <laughs> version, you actually see him pulling bodies out and helping the paramedics, and the paramedics just kind of say, "Why don't you leave?" type of deal. Um, but no, but it's. How is anyone supposed to make the leap that he could have stopped that? A he's bomb Superman. going off in the Capitol. That's what they're saying. He's Superman. He could have stopped it, right? But then he didn't see it. So, like, say, yeah, this is what they cut. I don't know why they cut this, but it's him coming down with people and, like, survivors and stuff and helping. Okay. I don't remember this at all. a lot of heroic shit in this movie. <laughs> okay, so that makes people. more sense. But wouldn't the first accusation that get tossed out is he did this to stop whatever was going on, as opposed to? Yeah, I guess. Like, if this is like the ultimate edition, if you give it the benefit of the doubt, yeah, Snyder had this scene in there to take that argument away. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, I guess it's a valuable, valuable scene. Yeah, if you because it's what you it's, did. it's confusing as to what the leap is that your audience makes in the absence of this scene. Right. Like, there's yeah. no accusations really. flinging at him right now, right? Like, there's no one saying, like, get out of here. You mm-hmm. caused this, like... Like, I don't know, was the intent to have the audience as conflicted about Superman as... I think it's just, like, his existence the people is in causing... people in the movie is, are. Right, it's like his uh, existence is causing this, so, you know... Must there be a Superman? Kind the arguably questioning his existence is what caused that. Yeah. Or his role. It's it's just bizarre. And like I said, they, there's a lot of assumptions made as to what the reactions will be from the other parties. And they're not all that logical. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Again, it's it's asking a lot, and I I like I think the idea of it, the mm-hmm. execution, I do question. Because I I still even after all these years later find myself confused over what as an audience what we're supposed to understand from this. Mm-hmm. Like how how does yeah. this pit anyone further against Superman? if someone else randomly blows up the capital. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And well, I think at this it, point, it's just like Superman could have, but he did not too. It's kind of like, remember like Watchmen where like Dr. Manhattan watches comedian kill his pregnant uh, girlfriend from Vietnam and he just does nothing? I think that's much the same with this is that Superman could have done something but chose not to is what people are saying. So Batman's like, shit, he's gone, man. He's like detached. I got to steal the kryptonite. I got to I gotta take him down. Yeah. He's a that's menace. not asking a big leap out of, you know what I mean? Like in the sense that like, yeah. how is he supposed to know that chair is going to blow up? Mm-hmm. Like, does he go well, in and can smell whatever's inside of the chair? Like, Well, if people know probably he has x-ray vision or people know that he's got powers, right? So like, But I think the thing is they got to assume some sort of f- focusing of those powers. It's not just like this. Like, how do you process that? I guess he's Superman, yeah. but... Well, he actually says to Lois here that he's like, he he blames himself for not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just shows yeah. him as a flawed hero. Yeah. And I think that's good, though, that... I think that makes him more relatable. Well, he's saying here, mm-hmm. I didn't see it because I wasn't looking. And it's just like, is he detached from humanity? Yeah, because yeah, he's I, distracted he's, by he's the hearing. Questioning everything. Yeah. So in the scene before this, Batman stole the kryptonite thing. Like that was Batman doing those leapy things inside the camera. Yeah. So like, I think a full scene, of, like that, would you know, be cool. that That'd kind be of cool. stuff, would have been wicked. You you might step on the warehouse scene because he probably has similar beats. Well, if he's stealth mode in the in the theft, yeah, and then if he's just brawling in the warehouse, but you can put your bat mobile chase scene in there where he's being chased like yeah. running away with the kryptonite mm-hmm. if you need your box tick of that in there yeah either way you could have foregone the murder on the highways <laughs> for sure yeah so well there's a difference yeah with that and going back to the batmobile scene and where you put it it's being the aggressor and mm-hmm. and then not right if he's being chased and there's some collateral i think you can maybe that's a result of the people that are chasing him you could forgive some yeah. of that here we have lex using zod's fingerprints to activate the kryptonian ship assuming that kryptonians still use fingerprint <laughs> technology like your iphone question mark iphone uses your face now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the iPhone uses your fingerprints, but oh well. Um, using this as an origin for Stepan or uh, Doomsday, I thought was kind of cool. If that's the way you're gonna go, mm-hmm. and Lex doing what he can to acquire knowledge is a pretty Lex Luthor type of thing, which I thought was neat. So, yeah. There he is with the command key, activating <laughs> the downed ship. This Go. is this is at parts where I think it it kind of falls in on itself with the density of the film. Mm-hmm. Like you probably could have not had Doomsday in here. Yeah, or cut all the other stuff and had Doomsday in here, and this is what Lex is doing the whole time in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to set with up Doomsday. Superman's your or sorry, Batman's villain A and Lex's villain B. And I think that opening scene does enough where you don't need Lex motivating Bruce. No, not at all. So 
peek behind the curtain, there was many months where the combatives gym and work has all this gear and I may or may not have had a full out Bruce Wayne workout that I would do once a week, (laughs) pulling tires and swinging hammers, things of that nature. May or may not have used the soundtrack stuff. I've definitely done chin ups with weights around my waist like that just because of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I used to work out. Yeah, like the sled push. Yeah, it's just so badass. Nice little montage moment. Yeah, the training montage was cool. For sure. Yeah. I did think that he has the kryptonite and all this tech at his disposal and just turning it into a spear was weird. He has other weapons, okay. right? He's got the the tear gas with the lead and the kryptonite and he's got So if the goal is to kill Superman and he has those Gatling guns that he unloads on him up front, why not just put a few bullets in there with kryptonite? He wants to see his face when he kills. I love all the money in the world and he's got this like you know, half set up for working out. Old weights. <laughs> Where does he make the leap that Kryptonite can can harm? Did he get that from, or is he getting it here? Oh my goodness, this scene. <laughs> yeah. Lex Luthor designed all the just all the emblems. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- I think that he knows that Lex has a weapon that can take out. Superman or is working on acquiring a weapon and that's what the whole white Portuguese mm-hmm. yeah, like, investigation was all about he mentions it earlier right when he's talking to Alfred saying about like the kryptonite that there's a rock that's big enough that can do some serious damage okay yeah so and I thought it was kind of neat that they have Bruce stealing Lex's intel mm-hmm. yeah and I thought this was super cool when they pay it off in the Wonder Woman movie with that photograph being taken right. in Veld. Yeah. Right. And the I, th- I think we don't have the sound on, but I think this is the first time you hear her theme music is when this photo comes on. Yeah. They just kind of have like a little, a little bit, right? it's not the, like a couple notes. Yeah. Is this the rock theme? Uh, not quite yet. When she opens up the email attachments, mm-hmm. um, that's when it fully kicks in. Yeah, it's so, it, that works for some of the the seating of Wonder Woman. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, right? it's like yeah, you don't it need takes place a hundred years before this movie. It paid off way more once Wonder Woman came and uh, integrated that whole yeah. photograph thing into that movie. Well, here's the thing: when you guys are doing a rewatch down the road, do you guys suggest watching Wonder Woman before this movie or after? I don't know. Whatever you want, man. I, I think it. It's whatever you want. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I kind of like yeah. watching it like first. Chronologically. Yeah. It's because you do watch Cap before you watch anything else, right? Mm-hmm. I think in hindsight, yeah, it works. Like you get maybe a bit more out of Wonder Woman. But I think even in this moment, it made sense still. All the stuff they did with Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Sure. Wonder Woman had like the modern bookends right yeah whereas captain america just had like the stinger at the end in like modern new york mm-hmm. man this yeah, is uh cool. interesting <laughs> watching <laughs> this again doomsday. yeah imagery is cool like i like the kind of amniotic chamber and whatnot and so this is where they're setting up right if he knew and did nothing was he complicit in the tragedy Right. So they're kind of just like, Superman, did he know? Did he not stop it? A lot of people have questions for him. 
Was Superman yeah, involved? But... I don't know. I could see people turning on him, absolutely. People would definitely turn on him after that. Yeah. But I think, but why not leverage your opening scene more? Yeah. That was a cool callback. So, like, the fishermen watching I was going to say, Superman that was them, right? And... For Man of Steel? Yeah. Man, Sanjay, for the being the Zack Snyder super fan of our podcast, you <laughs> really let me down. This scene was a pleasant surprise. Totally caught me off guard. I had no idea that uh, Jonathan Kent was going to be in this movie in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept his cameo secret. So where's he going right now? Is he going to his Fortress of Solitude? Yeah, he's going to Chris Free's Fortress of Solitude to be like, dude, how, how do I be a Superman that people actually like? <laughs> <laughs> how did you do your hair like that? <laughs> exactly. Get the spit girl. And so the other thing that doesn't work with Superman being complicit in the bombing of the Capitol is like they just explain right now that Wallace had all the bomb making materials. Then they're like, well, was he a co-conspirator with Superman? But I don't know. I don't know that anybody would make that leap. They're not ruling anything we, out, right? Like, it's just... But why not put him on trial for what happened in Man of Steel and avoid all the other complexities? <laughs> yeah, there's that too. That's a very astute point. Like, just use what you had at the start because it, it's a very sound motivation. Why did you tear apart our city? <laughs> Yeah, and kill well, all mean, these people. Like instead of going them. down <laughs> all this way, he saved everyone. Yeah, we, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him and Madison. And have have Wallace monarchy. have his family die in that? She was at the daycare or or whatever of of Bruce's building. Mm-hmm. Instead of having him be upset that he yeah losing your legs sucks, but losing your family and like again, <laughs> or just make him the father of the girl that Bruce rescues who tells you that her mother's died. Yeah. Like, I think if you leverage that film and even that controversy, like play into the criticisms of man of steel in this directly, make it real world and put it into your film. Well, I definitely think it's like there, right? Like it's part of the reason why they're questioning him is because of all the, but they've, but they've, they've gone and done all this more complex filmmaking or story building with Lex and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think the lowest stuff will make you can focus on that a bit more and take out a lot of that other bomb building stuff. I don't know. It just to me, you have a, a very nice motivation and a real world criticism that you can leverage into your movie. Yeah. So here I, I jumped the gun a bit, but here's where Jonathan comes into play. So it's interesting. He's on top of a mountain, but he's stacking what looks to be bricks. So maybe those are the bricks from, or meant to evoke the bricks from Metropolis, from the toppled buildings and whatnot. Yeah, is he doing some sort of like grave site? Like it's almost meant, it almost looks like it's a, like if a pile of rocks and someone to mark a grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. So, I, I love him. Yeah, he's good. Here's Superman, they always kill his dad and his mom. Let his parents do. <laughs> they always like, kill him off. Even that TV show, I've seen like the first like 
Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I always spoil stuff, but uh, I've only seen like half an hour. I'm like, hmm, parents can live. Do you, with in these moments and that, like in it in the comics, maybe contextualize it a bit for me. But does Superman see his powers as a burden or as a gift? Not, yeah, not typically. So typically, he sees it as like a responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that comes from the Kent's kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That he has a responsibility to to do good in the world kind of thing because because he can. There is a few arcs where they suggest that he feels like without these powers, he'd have an easier life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not, it's not something that they lean into very often. It's not kind of like Bruce Banner trying to rid himself of the Hulk type of deal. No, but I, I like this. It's so like modern right like you look at society today someone like superman with these powers would be questioning themselves they wouldn't just be like all right let's let's do it you know what i mean like it's i don't know if you I... get canceled if people don't like what you did <laughs> <laughs> no not, not that i just think that uh i think that it is complex right it's a it'd be a messed up thing to know that you're the person in the world that's like has these powers you're an alien of this world like it's more like realistic this is a nice juxtaposition of scenes mm-hmm. where you you through i think the visual style and also some of the the contextualization that you see here you see they're more the same than they are different where they've yeah. lost everything right you have bruce standing in his house which is burnt to pieces you've seen his family die you just had superman having a moment where with his past father like i this this i it, it's kind of a cool way of, of telling a story i wish there was more of this stuff yeah yeah it's interesting the decision to have batman wanting his legacy to be that he kills superman because <laughs> he's like <laughs> oh, i'm gonna die soon yeah because i'm older than my dad now so right. and he did he just call himself the hunter we are the hunters uh well yeah I, like Basically, like he the first generation. He's a of family. Yeah, they That's were hunters. Where the Waynes made their fortune. But isn't that what he's implying of himself at this point? That he is the hunter of Superman, mm-hmm. as opposed to being the protector of the people. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. you gotta kill a prey to protect the people, right? Or the predator. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the word I was looking for. Sorry. <laughs> which might have been a Freudian slip. <laughs> Martha working her um, waitressing Martha. job and yeah. getting kidnapped. Yeah. This is it. This is it, guys. Yeah. Sets in the motion. It's the moment. So she's scared. Well, when it's interesting, isn't that kind of reflective of the series when with a scene where Lois gets kidnapped Whoa. or taken into custody. So, yeah, Batman with that sweet, sweet, oh sweet armor. This, Yeah, this is pure Batman costume porn right here. <laughs> yeah. That was abrupt, though, wicked. was it not? What's that? That was, an, uh, uh, that was abrupt. Like going what, straight into the armor like that. Yeah, that transition. He knows he's got to prepare. Right? Yeah. Like he he knows would... he can't take down Superman in the in the black and gray. 
No, no, I'm just talking about from like a reveal perspective. Yeah, it was cool though. <laughs> that that armor is look badass. is just armor. cool. It's cool, seeing, it's cool just, seeing the the bat symbol here like this as well. Like I guess yeah. we had seen this armor in the trailers. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, man. It's a selling point, right? Anyone that's read The Dark Knight Returns. What I would have thought would have been cooler is if he put the bat signal on top of the Daily Planet. Oh, that would have been cool. That's... Yeah. Just messing with been a great He's like, I'm in your territory, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> should have bought the Daily Planet just, like, toyed with him. Just sent him out all these, like, shitty, like, rescuing cat out of a tree puff piece of <laughs> articles that he like, had to write. You strip away tons of all this Lex setup nonsense that honestly doesn't make sense and you have things like that with the two of them playing cat and mouse with each other where superman is investigating bruce wayne and deduces that he's batman or even just looks through his mask and they have that kind of thing and then bruce doing counterintelligence and figuring out that clark kent is superman Mm -hmm. like that would have been a cool way to paddle your runtime right and build to to this fight that we got coming now what's the the kidnapping of the two of them mm-hmm. i guess it will play mm-hmm. out and i guess we're doing a commentary with the knowledge of what happens but is it it's meant to motivate superman correct yeah and kind of place him in an impossible position where mm-hmm. he's like choosing lexus yeah lexus that he uses lois to draw him there mm-hmm. and then uses martha um, as the leverage to get him to kill Batman. Right. But so just take half a step back. You don't even need to take a full step back. Why the hell does Lex Luthor want Batman to fight Superman? <laughs> because then he Why? he's a betting man. Superman. He's got 95 ways to kill him. <laughs> and he's got both the women in his life. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he wants to get rid of Batman too, right? Like he's probably like, well. But they haven't established that Batman and Lex Luthor have any beef and they have established that Bruce has his hands more than full with Gotham. Yeah. But maybe he's like, you know, he's got big plans for this world and he's like, got to take out the two big baddies. Cause I think at this time there's only two of them. Right. And he's keeping tabs on like the metahumans as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, do we know, are we ever, or is that alluded to that? the death of of Lois is what causes the nightmare world. So the plan that Snyder presented to Warner brothers, I guess was that Bruce Wayne hooks up with Lois Lane. Oh yes. And that didn't go or get greenlit. So then, yeah, I think the subsequent plan or that you'll see is that Bruce, um, fails to protect her mm-hmm. and then yeah, i guess we'll see in a couple weeks we'll how it ultimately plays we'll out. see you later this month that's yeah. the like cat's and making was... an appearance in the podcast but uh it's not video but you might hear purring <laughs> it's not me <laughs> it's a bold, bold move so, by lex to chuck her off a building yeah that was a beautiful shot but it's like so yeah. stupid where it's like Lois is just this trigger for having like what is he doing just keeping tabs on her all the time listening to her heart rate mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. like, it's like, what's she doing she's watching magic mike again or she's in danger <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
it's just just weird just weird choices <laughs> the egg timer in the, the timer. pocket of his trench coat <laughs> you know this movie we're two hours in and uh, it doesn't feel like two hours like this movie just flies by every time it feels I watch like it, two hours <laughs> every time i watch it then sorry every time just, i watch it it feels like two hours, hours because i feel like i have to think about everything that's happening <laughs> well nobody says anything directly it's so it's like doing shakespeare projects in high school <laughs> why does um, he just grab this little punk and chuck him up somewhere <laughs> well he tries to and he's like well if you touch me you know don't touch me because I got your mother. He could easily just snap him in two, but he's hearing what this jabroni has to say. So here's here's Lex's motivations. Mm-hmm. If you you can't be all powerful, because if you're good and if you're good, then you're not all powerful. That's what my dad told me when he used to abuse me. There's a good line though, right? Like either you're all good. You can't be all powerful, or you know, if you're all powerful, then you can't be all good. So it's what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it, and I, yeah. Same well, he's he's. <laughs> it's like you got to go fight him. He's like, why would I do that? And he's like, well, I got my ways. Yeah, like there's a million different ways that you could have the two heroes come into conflict, and it's. This is conceivably <laughs> the most zigzaggy one, in my opinion. And he wants him to fight Batman because Batman can kill him because Batman has the kryptonite, right? Right. Yeah, but why didn't Lex just kill him himself? And you have these weird pictures of Martha. Like very <laughs> Joker-esque. Yeah, I can see that. Like the Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I get like getting the god to kneel in front of you type thing. <sighs> I love that one his uh, delivery of wicked. these lines. I don't know man. I just like it. I just like it. <laughs> sure yeah no that's cool man that's cool i like i said i just always want what's best for for the dc comic superheroes and this is not it in my opinion <laughs> i remember when <laughs> but... i saw this in in theaters uh i was as much like your wife like i turned to my buddy because we had seen like all the poor ratings and shit and i literally turned to him i'm like that was awesome and he goes i know <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like maybe your wife was there too, and then she heard that, and then she was like, "That was awesome." <laughs> well, she be maybe, to, but we need to get her on this to hear her perspective of of this film. <laughs> Sunny Cullen in the backup. Yeah, man. But yeah, so there, there we go. That's that's the ultimatum: is I'm killing your mom unless you bring me Batman's head. But like, there's there's a much better conflict in there between the two of them, yeah. right? Because this 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 puts to bed all of the other motivations that the two of them had, or at least yeah. from Superman's side, right? It's basically like he's got my mom. Why don't you show him and say, "Yo, Batman, I know you're Bruce Wayne. He's got my mom. Let's ch- let's talk about this." 
tries to, man. Batman's not gonna ha- ha- hear any of this. Does he though? He tries. He, like he's Superman. He he could have just floated in the sky and just been like, "Yo, dude, I need to talk to you, and you're super mad right now, yeah. bro. Put that spear away. I can see it. I know it's there." Think about how bunk that would have been though if you're Your in the theaters dope, and then they're just about to fight and then they just talk it out and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Just think about how much disappointing that would have been if you're in the theaters five years ago, Carlos. Like, I'm going to see these two battle. Hey, quick, before you do anything, he's got my mom. You know? I know, but you, there's, I think there's a more natural conflict in there somewhere. I'm not saying take out yeah. the fight, but there's a more natural conflict in there, I think. Like, because the motivations get all skew here, I think. Yeah, well, we're like over two hours in, right? And you're you've taken your family to a Batman Superman fight movie, and there's been a car chase where you're confused because Batman blows up a bunch of people. <laughs> there's not a lot of punchy punchy yet. No, and I think yeah. that might have been contributing to people's reception to this film as well as they were expecting punchy punchy action action. Well, we're expecting like, your formula, and like maybe it is a fault of of Marvel and all that, but there's a bit of formula to it, right? Um, yeah, but it doesn't all have to be the same, right? Like this is man, something. Man, he is one sad dude. <laughs> well, and just like that was when, like, I totally turned on this movie where Superman's like, he has to die because there's no option for me because I I see no way out for my mom, so I'm gonna kill him. Nobody stays he's, good in this he's world. Maybe right? Like he doesn't. <laughs> he goes in there with the intention to like talk to him. Do you think CNN paid know. to be put in this movie? With like, the, like website? <laughs> but isn't that the burden of Superman? Yeah. Is that to make those choices? Yeah, I mean... As much as people criticize this, I actually didn't mind the Wonder Woman, Diana, or Justice League email yeah. attachments, especially with, like, the music in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is sweet. But, I mean, like, if you go back to, like... I know we keep bringing this film up, but Civil War, Tony gets mad at Cap because he killed his... Bucky killed his mom. Right, like, man. Of well, he's mad that he kept it from her. <laughs> he, he's mad at Cap for that, but he he actually doesn't try and fight Captain America. No, he tries to kill Bucky, and Captain America is trying to save Bucky. Right. So, so yeah, it's a it's a far cry from this, but yeah, like this, I thought was oh, this is dope. fine. This is dope. Like you made the decision to forego solo movies for each of them, which is fine. Like I think there is a scenario in which that can work. Um, I like this, and I just love that Wonder Woman theme so much. Yeah, I think it's f- interesting that the climax of the big Superman Batman movie is Wonder Woman's theme pumping over everything. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this works. This Justice League setup stuff that. works. From where we see, and it's like it's nice little like snippets where you kind of know, right? You go in, you're like, okay, Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, get it. Yeah, and I thought it was astute to spend the most time with the character people know the least about being cyborg right mm-hmm. like it's like oh there's a guy in the water has to be aquaman right right guy running fast it's the flash right but then they actually go through cyborgs his origin origin right. moments man i was so hyped for this like aquaman i don't know man i always just kind of dug aquaman and it's a it's a cool moment him. for sure like, like he's never this looked movie. this badass right like i remember like when he was cast people were like oh that, that doesn't look like aquaman but it Question. works so well does this work better at the end of the movie? No, because then you get comparisons to like an MCU after credit scene and stuff. Right? But like, but it, like, what does this do for the upcoming battle? Well, just... I think this works way better earlier in the movie, earlier or wherever. But like right before yeah. your climax, 
Like yeah, now, now no you're I... thinking like, oh shoot, is the Justice League gonna show up? And I think the piece with Diana makes sense. Like it is you, and so this gives maybe motivation for her later on. But mm-hmm. this is a lot of groundwork right as you're going into your climax. Like you want your audience focused on Batman and Superman. Now you're thinking like Cyborg, Aquaman. Like, you know what I mean? Like you. I, I don't know. I, I just find like it's really cool and I like it, but it's a weird thing to do narratively right before this moment. Mm-hmm. Right? Right before you get Superman landing in front of Batman. The verses. This is like the movie you came to see. But th- 30 seconds before that, we've got the introduction of the rest of the Justice League. Yeah. Like maybe if you put it when he's kind of poking around those folders, mm-hmm. if it yeah. if you just forego him doing it, or maybe start with him and cut to Diana in her room being the one opening them. Mm-hmm. But like if you have it later on where you have her open, she realizes it, she closes it, runs out to do whatever she's going to do next here. Mm-hmm. And then opens it up at the end of the movie and clicks on the other stuff, and you're like, "Oh shoot, Justice League is coming." Yeah, but they could also and we need them because Superman is dead. Of like deciding to fight because she sees that there's others out there, and like, you know, in this story, she stepped away from mankind for a hundred years. And they could kind of talk to that, but the, see, this is the part where like Superman's like, "Bruce, we need to talk," and Bruce hits him with this. You know, he's like, "You're a dick, man. I just wanted to talk." Batman's not having any of it. But at the same time, like, I I don't know. Like, Bruce is a pretty intelligent guy. Like, I need to talk to him kind of thing. Especially with, like, all these traps set up. Cool scene. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's like so many things in this movie. (laughs) They just run through what makes narrative sense to Mm -hmm. do the things that look cool. Like these these moments, like notwithstanding the discussion that we've had for the last two hours, these moments are pretty cool <laughs> to see. Yeah. Oh, it's wicked. But it's like if Batman wants to kill Superman, he probably has one in every five of those bullets is laced with kryptonite, right? And mm-hmm. he's full of holes and mm-hmm. drops out of the sky, right? Or Superman wants to disarm Batman, just rips off all the armor and wraps that fence around him. <laughs> and he's just like dude listen to me yeah. no time i must say this fight still holds up like i know it's like five years old but man oh, it, this is like one of the best looking fights in superhero conflict history yeah it it does look cool and it's staged amazing and you notice in here with the rain and stuff if you're streaming this it'll look kind of all blurry i'm just gonna point that out with all the rain and I'm getting, no, I'm, I feel like it's raining in my room here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crystal clear, Sanjay. <laughs> so to all the listeners out there, feel free yeah, to let you know, me just know. spend the five bucks and get it five K or four K. No, mine were via iTunes. Mine were all upgraded to Ultra Four K or whatever it's called. Uh, For free, it said it on yeah, the thing. Yeah, no, uh, fancy. I got hosed with mine because I bought mine on Google Play or at the oh. DigiCodes or Google Play. Oh, that's cool. I like that. There you go. Like, uh, there you go. Uh, Scarecrow fear toxin in there. Throw that in there. Yeah. That would have messed him up. I love this where he's like, breathe it in. So another little peek behind the curtain. Whenever I like pass gas and my daughter's around <laughs> and like she, I can see her reacting to it. I always drop that line on her. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. The sphere. You're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's all cool. the issues I like of this that. movie. That is notwithstanding, cool. it's wicked. <laughs> the imagery when right. he stops him, like this is cool. Oh, this is the first time you can be like, okay, this fight makes sense now. Like super right? Like the build to that moment, very cool, very well done. You give mad props to this fight. Well, and I love that Batman's just an infinitely better fighter uh, fighter than yeah. Superman. He would be right. Superman would be a terrible fighter because he relies on his strength and his speed. Right? If you take that away. That's I so could cool. beat him up. You know what I mean? But he has vulnerability no of Superman, of God. Yeah. Suspicious mm-hmm. man. Oof. Well, and it's cool that like some of those shots are taken right out of the, the fight between the two of them in the Dark Knight Returns. Like mm-hmm. that punch to the ground with the cape coming up. And I did love this with Superman kinda getting his powers back after being gassed and then yeah. blocks that kick. Did it's you nice think Green Arrow was going to show up? Because he's such an integral part in Dark Knight Returns. Did you think he was going to make a cameo just shoot an arrow or something? He'd be like, oh my god, it's Green Arrow. I, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, but that would have gotten Allegedly, these, that like... hole for you, Tim, is supposed to be in the shape of Ontario because uh, oh, really? Schuster Siegel is from Ontario. Oh, really? I do. Like, yeah. I often think sometimes of little things like that like who was uh, it's kind of cool I like stuff like that I love that oh yeah (laughs) he's like you're done and Batman knows he's screwed right yeah when it's just like Bruce wanting to kill him but part of this fight is staged the way it is because he knows that Clark is good and won't kill him (laughs) it's like like, so then why are you trying to stab him in the face man (laughs) The turn, man. The day comes. I, yeah, I, I don't know about this whole preemptively killing people, especially <laughs> when he's a superhero. <laughs> but we don't have any other superheroes. There's Batman in this world. He's the only other guy that's out doing his thing at this point in time. Well, then that begs the question: Is like, why is the Joker alive in Suicide Squad? Yeah, I mean, maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> Or any of those guys, if that's what his worldview is. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of cool how they have Superman rip that little piece of Batman's mask up so you can see Affleck peeking out from below. Get his acting chops in. Yeah, literally throws a kitchen sink at him, <laughs> gassing him again. Oh my god, it's vicious. That would hurt so bad. Getting hit with a kitchen sink. Yep. <laughs> Affleck is vicious in this. Oh my god. He gives him a stone cold stutter. <laughs> he should have. Yeah, this is an odd move. It is odd. It just looks awkward the way he carries him. Is this supposed oh. to be another Christ thing, though? I got my cross to carry. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't like it if it is. It just looks weird. Man, why would you do that? Is he going to jump on him? Oh, and that's where the spear is, right? Oh, yeah. I did like this scene of him lowering himself down there. That's just because cool. I like Batman grappling around all over the place. Yeah. I could watch three hours of him just grappling around. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> See, and then like this move, it's just weird. Like, why would you decide to swing him around? <laughs> and then, and why are you talking about parents when you do it? Like, if he's supposed to not care about Superman because he's this alien threat, 
then why would you talk about his parents and the lessons that they taught him? Because that just humanizes him. But we'll swing him around because that looks cool. And that was in the comic book. Yeah. <laughs> what was he trying to get across with the parent thing? Is it just a segue into the Martha? Well, he's like, he assumes that Superman's parents told him that he was special, but his parents told him Other the world way. only makes sense when you force it to. So that's mm-hmm. why I have to kill you because that's what makes sense to me. Right. So th- this is another Christ thing, right? Because that's supposed to be the spear that pierced. What was that? Sorry. Yeah, the spear. It, what becomes in legends after the fact, the spear of destiny. Building to that, that moment. That's right. Lois Lane arriving just in time. She's a good reporter, man. She's a good lady. Yeah. Cut to the cheek. It's just... Yeah, taunting him. Yeah. See, so if they had built to Clark knowing who Batman was Mm -hmm. researching the murder of the Waynes kind of like Alexander Knox did in Batman 89 (laughs) and relaying that to Vicky Vale and then him saying like save Martha knowing that that would be a trigger for Bruce Mm -hmm. and it would paint him in Bruce's mind as human or show him that you know he's as worried about his parents as Bruce is motivated by the Waynes, that would have gone a long way, man. But instead, we got brands and all sorts of malarkey going on. <laughs> so I did think this was cool, like the flashback yeah. back to I, the I, death of the Waynes. I like the how he makes them bleed there at the start. Like mm-hmm. the concept of make God bleed. But I never... This isn't as abrupt as I remember it, the whole Martha thing. But... I don't think it's earned. No. Well, like, I I actually like it. I really like yeah. the Martha thing. But I don't think they built to it properly. No. Like, I think if you build to it properly, and I think Superman has to use it purposefully, as a, because people don't talk that way. It's like, you're letting him kill my mother, or you're letting him kill people, or... Yeah, you don't do, you don't refer to your mother as her name. Martha, like unless or, or hope that that will motivate. Yeah, Batman, right. <laughs> well, unless you know that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, that's that's one of the pieces where it kind of falls apart. What I think, like, me. is it's and it's not in this movie, but an underlay of the humanization of Superman and the dehumanization of of Batman, and having that intersection at this point where. I think there's something deeper you could have had there. Mm-hmm. Like what they were going for could have worked, but they just needed to rein all this stuff in mm-hmm. way more and then build to that um, a little more purposefully. Well, and it's, it's like like with the humanization piece of it is that Batman doesn't see him as – he sees him more as like this godlike, this like being mm-hmm. as opposed to him being actual human. Mm-hmm. And he he has that stark realization that he is as vulnerable and has loved one. I don't know. I think there's more he could have do, done there. I like this. It's like Martha won't die tonight. Doesn't yeah, like I loved this 
Batman right here. It kind of like snaps him out of it, right? It's like a trigger, right? He hears they, needed, they needed to build to it, and they needed to, to give Superman a little bit more credit mm-hmm. um, and to show him being smart, right? Like you strip any one of those pieces of the preceding investigation away, and the whole thing becomes way stronger, and the Martha part works. Yeah, it can work. I th- Definitely on this watch, that can work. If you like, you said you you pull apart some of the more complex stuff, and you just have this be a more human story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love Alfred wearing that military sweater there as he's <laughs> working the mics right. in the background. This doesn't this go in the water at some point? The spear. Yeah. Yeah, she tries to bury it right here. Yeah, okay. She knows it can hurt him, so she's like. Because like in my, I remember there's a point. I guess we'll get to it a little later, where I'm like, okay, Aquaman's coming up through that water for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thinking too, right? There's rumors that he was. So here we go. So Superman has broken Batman out of his psychosis, and he's readjusting the way he does business, and will no longer be the brute and use lethal force <laughs> oh shoot let's just plow all these guys Literally down shoot. well like get out the way <laughs> he gave look reasons. how much warning shot he gave him he gave him like a mile of warning shots Man, like you're bud. not getting out of the way of that like so bud get we'll, out the way yeah we'll just wipe those guys out they, and then they were uh, standing was, right was there. that was that look that shot a nice little nod to uh, keaton where he's kind of silent. no that would be val kilmer oh, was that kilmer the, oh, like the, the thumbs, the thumbs up? up yeah, yeah. oh yeah Come on, man. Keaton wouldn't do anything stupid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did like this with Alfred being in on the tactics. Yeah, yeah. man in the seat. Of uh, where to deploy. So this scene right here illustrates the issue with Snyder's lethal force Batman. So he comes in on the lower floor. Mm-hmm. Totally cool. Makes sense. Ooh, nice. These guys are already in armed and waiting for him to come through the elevator or come through the door. Yeah. And... They're, they're kind of getting set up. And they, they got their guns all ready. Martha's sweating. Like, is Tension is building. Music is swelling. What's he going to do? Oh. They're waiting for him to come in. So he comes up from under the floor. Yeah. That's awesome. But then he throws these bolts on all their guns yeah. to disarm them. Brilliant. Right. Why is he not using less lethal tech the whole time? And if he's going to kill guys, he should have just up there and just shot them all <laughs> instead of putting himself in the position where he could get killed but then you wouldn't have this really cool fight scene yeah i'm not saying that he should have had the gun up there <laughs> but I'm yeah I'm saying, like that's <laughs> like the guy, that's the thing he's it's alive. Like, if he's he survived there, the guys if he's gonna be killing guys he's, he's just fine. go full punisher no one's no one's dead yet but if he's gonna be batman no i think what he's saying though really is cool that... smart stuff that you could do yeah. yeah i think what he's saying here is that this goes against all of the other tactics that he's had in this movie, except for that maybe. But <laughs> yeah, like it, uh, if you're going to stab, like if Batman's taken the hard way around where he's going to put himself at risk so that he doesn't have to kill guys all over the place. That guy's fine. <laughs> do it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but I did love this showcase of Batman as like the world's ultimate fighter. Yeah, yeah like, it's very cool. It's this is a very hard hitting fight too. Like, oh, yeah. I remember in the theater hearing the way that this is ed- sound edited, too. Like, it hurts mm-hmm. hearing him hit these guys. Oh. Like, and I don't mind the brutality oh, like that and stuff. 
Well, that's just watch. like Pattinson, right? Like he seems but, like he does that, and with the man, he definitely punched the, that guy's skull in. Oh, Pattinson <laughs> does the same thing. Yeah, but like you could argue that that guy gets up from that, right? Like, yeah, you could. Like everyone's getting the, up. The guys I would, in the I truck. would definitely be dead, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You just can't make it like blatant. No, like, he the dude in the truck. The way he <laughs> moves in this, like this is unlike any Batman we've seen. Oh, his fighting. No, yeah. yeah, the ferocity is amazing. Yeah, and just even like the way, I don't know. Like I find that Bale is always upright. He's like crouching and up and down and kicking more. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's. That was sweet. I'm, I, I, I can felt all those hits. I can feel that yeah. knife in my arm as well. It's like the big, big Dark gun. Knight Returns moment. Yeah. I'll yeah. do it. Well, in Dark Knight Returns, doesn't he shoot him through the head? Right? He shoots that guy through uh, the head. Yeah. In this one, he shoots where it's like, okay, you're killing yourself because you pulled the trigger. <laughs> I killed all those other guys, but... I won't kill you. <laughs> he hits the thing. Arguably, this is the one yeah. guy you should kill. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are fine. They'll get up. They'll yeah, have they're... a headache, but they'll be fine. Oh, man. Who's the Where's guy that's Superman this during part all here? This? this part here. I'm gonna he find... has to go stop Lex, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Brett Culp. If you've ever heard of this guy, he does like an amazing video of this movie. And he talks about that moment there when Martha asks, who are you? And he says, I'm a friend of your son's. And it's just beautiful. Like, watch that video on YouTube. It's, like, it's heartwarming where it's, like, he mentions, like, every time, who are you, Batman says, I'm Batman. But in this one here, he says he's a friend of your son's. It's, watch it. Check it out. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think. It, it, it's it's the opposite of Tim and I's comment. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think, though, a lighter moment in there. Like, well. We, you know, just like some silly comment of maybe that's a Marvel in me being like, eh, we, you know, we butted heads, but we're working things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't just know. Allude to the I fact that you just that. tried to kill him. <laughs> that would have been like just when I thought that the, uh, no, no, I thought that when he said I'm a friend of your son's was a bit of a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, and doesn't she say like it's like, oh, the cape, right? The cape. Like, I kind of figured. Yeah. It's a cape. He says, I don't think and go. I didn't mind like this stuff with um, Lex talking about cooking the eggs and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like at this point in time, it's like, oh, you're so far gone. Like this little bit of dialogue, I didn't mind. This is cool. We're like Doomsday is born. Like that little egg sack thing that he comes out of. And I like is how he like... the devil or is Doomsday the devil in that little analogy uh, oh the devil will do it yeah. I, I guess it's I guess supposed doomsday. to be doomsday but he's like the blood of my blood right yeah anderson cooper there's a lot of like <laughs> news people in this but well, warner brothers own cnn right yeah i guess that's true the reason why it wasn't fox news on here yeah. <laughs> all the yeah, Fo- fox is fox is disney man so i don't know they didn't buy Maybe. the news part of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's still owned by Murdoch. <laughs> Doomsday. Yeah. Once they decided to go there, I didn't hate 
look at doomsday it's, it is what it is, what it is right like to criticize it if you want but at the end of the day it's supposed to be this ugly ass alien thing right mm-hmm. or whatever but i like how he like evolves right like in the comics when he's first doomsday he has none of like the rock and stuff and then as he gets killed he gets more into like the doomsday that you you see from the comics right that you know immediately like oh that's doomsday i did dig this moment here where like superman saves lex Mm -hmm. despite everything that he's done how did lex know this is what would happen because he was in that ship right and they're telling him all the like history of like krypton and stuff right like he was Uh, okay and he goes into the like the amniotic fluid (laughs) room right and they're like this is where we make abominations, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. But we still have this room here. Just <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Heroes Park. There it is. Yeah, the, the design's fine. I don't... It is what it is, right? Yeah. It's not meant to be... Well, like plus it gives like the, the Trinity something to punch at the end of the film, right? Like yeah. People have been saying, like, oh... You need that. You need more, more fights and stuff. And this gives them something where it's like, you can use Batman mm-hmm. can use his gadgets, Superman can use his powers, Wonder Woman can make an appearance. Sorry, Batman can use his gadgets. He pretty much stood around the whole time. <laughs> like, that's something else that bothers me. Probably because my wife makes fun of me for it all the time. She's like, "Oh, look at Batman just standing around." Well, Wonder Woman was helping out. I'm just gonna point that out. With Batman, it was useless. Oh, she she could almost take it him by herself. <laughs> What did she say? She's killed things from other worlds before. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Marsh Manhunter, get out there, bro. I, exactly. So he's he's watching all this and he's like, "Yo, man, like, I guess if I let that jar of pee go, I gotta let this go too." <laughs> <laughs> he's coordinating, right? Like you read like the like J- Justice League comics, which you've obviously have, but like he's always like the one that's like the telepathic, like behind the scenes, kind of like the coordinator. And uh, and here he's coordinating with like the U.S. government and like trying to trying his best to like stop them from using nukes and stuff. Like, he's trying. Yeah, I I don't know. Turkish uh, Airlines made a mint. It'd to be, be re- in here. <laughs> it'd be really funny if they sent a nuke in and someone said. <laughs> How much do you think? I remember. Turkish there, I remember. Wasn't there a big Turkish airline uh... Super Bowl ad? It was there. Yeah. yeah it's like go to yeah, Gotham. There's two... Go to Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone that would travel to Gotham though. Like if that was a real city, I would definitely not vacation there. It'd be, it'd be like Chicago, right? Chicago's nice. Yeah. yeah, but isn't like it full of crime and like the murder capital of the world <laughs> or something? <laughs> I don't know. Anyone so, in Chicago listening, let us know. I'm sure our our boys at the vigilante will let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, why? You got Doomsday. He's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. He regrows. Why you got to give him like this massive bioelectrical discharge? Because <laughs> like, he kind of like uh, evolves from it, right? Like it's like I don't know. It's, but why he could he could just evolve, right? Like he grows limbs back and stuff. You don't need the big lightning yeah. effects and Kansas stuff. And... I don't know. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, there's Superman saving i thought this was awesome oh, yeah. like him trying to fly him out to space yeah. and even just the image of superman there yeah. just hawk him they framed let it. him float 
Yeah, see, he's like one casualty Superman. He's like, Superman's my boy. Gotta protect him. I thought you said he was coordinating telepathically, so he could have just telepathically said, like, don't shoot the nuke. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice who no. the uh, president is? It's uh, Ocean Master. It's the same voice. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly On purpose? His name. No. Yeah, because well, he was Night Owl yeah. in the just, in Watchmen, Watchmen movie. Yeah. Oh, so they screwed up by throwing a nuke off. Yeah. But, like, it just kind of undermines the... See you later, Doomsday. That should be the end of the movie right there. <laughs> he just punched him out into space. It'll just go forever. Yeah, just Momentum in space. <laughs> and then just kick that thing. Superman. I love this. It's so, like, badass for Superman to hold him there. Selfish, man. To get hit? To make sure Doomsday gets hit. But he could have just shot off at super speed right there. <laughs> Launched right off his back. Get out of the way. And then he could have also made sure that he doesn't fall back to Earth. Cool. The mall looking up. Mm-hmm. And was... did you just, like, imply a fallout over to the two biggest cities? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I guess. Is this both of them? No, no that's just Doomsday. And so I, I love how they're like, yeah, Strikers Island. It's uninhabited, it's yeah. <laughs> it's all those damn people Jess. complaining about Man of Steel having too much casualties. It's a movie, man. Yeah. Who cares? Now we got to add the line, it's uninhabited. Otherwise, people would complain. Oh, no, Superman yeah. killed more people. Well, in the comics, like Strikers Island is supposed to be kind of their version of Alcatraz or the raft. Oh, is it? Yeah. So here we got the and then you get like doomsday. the bones and shit, yeah. Like this is the doomsday I know with like more bones and shit. Ugh. I like to see him yeah, come back. I he looked... To be honest with you, see him like kind of like get green pants. I don't know where he'd find him, but just like turn into doomsday from the nineties and get like the mullet and like the with ponytail hair. Yeah, well, they could have done that instead of yeah. this electrical discharge-y stuff. <laughs> Just like a Here's another like throwback to Dark Knight Returns with Superman being nuked mm-hmm. and the little pieces of him coming off, trying to get into the the sun so that he can regenerate. Why did it hurt him so much more? Because of the kryptonite? Well, it, like, no. it killed Doomsday, but like anything that kills Doomsday, then he comes back like stronger, right? So it, it affected them both probably the same, but it's just that Doomsday can regenerate hmm who's batman batman's useless he's like ah. oh <laughs> help <laughs> but that's so batman of yeah. him to come even to like join this fight right like obviously he would but like he's so outmatched here but it's just so batman where he's it's just like, cool well, bat wing or whatever you want to call it i like the look of it yeah and i did like how he deduced that the kryptonite weapons could take him out mm-hmm Oh man, you should have saved some of that stuff, bro. So your personal vendetta. Exactly. If only you were prepared instead of just throwing stuff away all over the place. It's a lesson to learn. Maybe in Justice League they'll learn it. Play nice with others. We'll see. We'll see. It's all about that growth. I hope so, man. I sincerely hope so. So much. 
so much. I don't have faith, but I, uh, I do have hope. What do they say in Man of Steel? Sometimes you got to take a leap of faith. The trust part comes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's been done so that I... It's a cool moment with Superman. Superman's mm-hmm. so skeletal. Yeah, the regeneration was cool. Right. And, like, with the heat vision blasting up. and it's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. This bitch is mine. That was a cool Superman moment. Hey, there's Ace Chemicals. You see that? I just got that. Yeah. So, yeah, I catch Jason something Joker's new every time I watch. Hat. <laughs> this was you so You just badass. noticed that? Like, this was yeah. like, I wish this wasn't in the trailer. Because, like, if I could have experienced yeah. this right off, like. Oh, yeah. I remember that? It was, like, second trailer and it does that surf down the building. Mm-hmm. Well, like all indications are that like Warner Brothers kind of knew that they could read the tea leaves as to what public reaction was going to be, so they knew they had to goose the trailers oh, with kind of all this. I forgot about stuff. this. That's pretty badass. Oh yeah, man, she saves this thing. <laughs> man, so like awesome that's a big movie. moment. Oh yeah, I don't remember that in the movies, like, but that must have been a. Like I that that even was a big moment right there for me. I totally forgot that mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, dude. Like that's probably one of the cooler hero reveals ever. Oh, okay. In fact, she's probably had the two of the cooler ones, right? Mm-hmm. That one and then her coming out of the the trench. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like that I thought that was um Superman that blocked that at first. Yeah. Mm. And that's what you would have thought too if you didn't see the trailer, right? So when people see this block, So nobody knows Right? That Lois Lane is here? Right. Nobody knows? And Batman comes specifically to get the spear. Superman reminds him to get the spear. At no point in time does Batman ever go looking for the bloody spear. <laughs> and they don't know that Lois is around. I did love this part. Like This interaction, this movie needed more of this. Yes. Thousand percent. Money yeah, like this exchange, like that's great. The three of them there, like in this scene mm-hmm. here, right? Oh, this this fight, I think this is probably my favorite fight in the movie. Like it's just them taking on Doomsday. Like I actually like it more than Superman and Batman chucking Nux. But even like what Tim's saying about the dialogue, like it's the first time tech... you get some like I think, and I don't not talking about Marvel levity, but man, there's no way Batman survives that. Um, but even like Marvel levity, like it obviously works <laughs> their fan base is unprecedented so well and it use it 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 humanizes again like i've come back to that a few times and it it brings a level of relatability to this i think to, mm-hmm. to the individual i don't know like Where did batman a, go during if that you're in a fight for blast? your life are you really like cracking jokes you know what i mean like yeah. he went under like a piece of debris I'm not asking for them to crack jokes all through this fight. Like, that moment was good. I'm just asking for more of that in the film. Yeah, just... It doesn't have to be, like, so crushing (laughs) for, like, the three hours. But, like, I got to give Snyder credit. Diana is incredible. Oh, she's awesome. (laughs) She's awesome. In this fight. Oh, yeah. And, like, nobody's certainly ever depicted her in live action like this. She's had a few moments in animation and in the comics, but just awesome oh, in this fight and it's brand new version superman's hair there is worth noting 
Yeah, there's Batman. He was hiding under those right. rocks. So like, well, this, this is one of those moments where I get made fun of. <laughs> like as Batman, though, you're thinking like, um, yeah. But he should be going to get this bloody spear. <laughs> well, he's got to help him. <laughs> is what he should he's be doing. Help his buds, right? I don't know. Yeah, I never even thought of that. That would be helping them. It's like we need something that can kill yeah. this guy. Man, I thought Aquaman was coming in for this moment for sure. That would have been badass. Like I don't think you need it. Yeah, I'm gonna go and this is. Sweet. Oh yeah, the. the I did vision. love this. Like this like is great. Like all this, right like. It's not these action scenes that Snyder's put together. Like the few that are in here are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he a... can shoot action. Oh yeah, man. Like he thing. he does make these heroes look larger than life, oh, and yeah. like yeah. I'd ar- argue that that's the one thing that. DC might do even better than Marvel is making these guys like just presenting them in this over the top mythical way. But when your audience doesn't give a crap about them, what's it worth? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Like that. So I'll tell you exactly why Batman was hanging around all over the place and doing whatever. We'll get to that in just a moment. This is a nice moment between Superman and Lois, but it shouldn't shouldn't be there. Like, this should be the the Trinity's big moment to come together. And yeah, this is she, it's just time to say goodbye, right? Like, she, but like you she, you this is such a Lois thing. has so done her this thing. shot here. This right here oh. is why Snyder had Batman hanging out so that he could do the Dark Knight Returns cover with the lightning. Right. It's like, dude, seriously, like. <laughs> Have some restraint or do it somewhere else. But you can take <laughs> Lois out of that and have Batman doing mm-hmm. the Lois thing. I love you, Batman. 100%. I you think that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, no, and just have her show up, right? Like, she's a reporter. Like, it makes sense for her to be there or to or still be there in the fallout of the fight between Superman and Batman, mm-hmm. right? So. But even, but, but even, like, I think a cool moment is is Batman showing up with the spear and saying, I found the spear, right? Like mm-hmm. after Superman said, did you find the spear? And Batman being like, I didn't... yeah, sure. And then he has to run and find <laughs> it and then bring it back. Yeah. It gives him something to do instead of, or, have a, or even have a moment where he's holding the spear and he looks at Batman, looks at Superman and Superman, they kind of have this moment like, yeah, you tried to stab me with that 10 minutes ago. And now this is our saving grade. I think that stuff like that to me, that's character. Or Superman work. takes it from Batman to save him. <laughs> just takes it right? all around. I don't know, because then, like, yeah. But, like, it just wouldn't fit the tone of the movie, I think. Like, if he's like, oh, you you tried to kill me. But the tone of the movie, I think, is at point where it's criticized. Unfairly, yeah. I would say. Like, if the tone of a movie wants to be one way, you can't really, like, blame it if that's what it's trying to do and it achieves that. Yeah, but I think I don't have any like to be honest with you, I don't have any connection right now to either Batman or Superman. Like right now, like I, I personally don't feel that like I have more connection to Diana in these moments, mm-hmm. or Diane than than I do <laughs> either Batman or Superman. Yeah, this part here, cool. This is the most Superman scene ever. Yeah, I, and I did like how the three of them kind of worked together to take him out. Yeah, with her cool. throwing the last. That's the first on him first and, appearance and, of lasso too. Yeah. Yes. In the film. And... I mean, that is 
Gotcha. Why am I still here? That's very right yeah. man. Like, this is so badass. It's cool, but it also creates like, it's like the death of Superman was the death knell of the DCU. Like, <laughs> killing Superman in your second at bat was the dumbest thing ever. Like, it's just really you got to tell all the stories <laughs> all in one. Let's tell the Dark Knight Rises uh, returns and death of Superman. But like, if you look at like Lord of the Rings, Gandalf dies, and like I don't remember which one, but he doesn't like make it through, and then he comes back. And the plan was for Superman to die to kind of be the catalyst to kick off the Justice League. Like it kind of makes sense. Though. But why? You don't need I that. Don't think and like the it. Lord of the Rings is like a finite story, mm-hmm. and Gandalf is not really like it's a completely different tale. Or like mm-hmm. like Star Wars, like Obi Wan dies in Episode Four. Like he doesn't even make it out of the first movie. He's like a pretty big. But his but sacrifice he... is to yeah push the whole thing forward, right? Like he to... sacrifices himself to get the Justice League, right? Like. But I think the Justice League has enough motivation to get together when you have like these these gods and stuff right like i don't know if the death of superman is your catalyst for the justice league you'll find out 17 days 18 days <laughs> how they we, take where it? was the scene with him screaming and the bell ringing oh when he was like hanging on to him yeah. right and he was pushing the spear in i i guess i'm sure you don't see it from they'll show yeah. it like it's like uh be- the beginning of this movie where you see like the uh batman running into the to the battle it'll be like the beginning of justice league this if i'm being honest with you i completely forgot that like the death of superman was in <laughs> the, and even the nightmare scene i thought it was in justice league too <laughs> yeah. i did uh i did like the look that diana gives Lois knows, yeah. in light of the journey that her and steve trevor go on yeah Then we have our last, like, Jesus bit with the recreation of Michelangelo's Pieta. Hmm. <laughs> nah. It's coming. Camera will pull back and you'll get it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Is, is, is this meant to evoke, like, a, a real emotional response from the audience? I guess, but I don't think that they accomplished it. Like, I saw this movie a few times in the theater, and like, there was one time that somebody seemed to have a reaction to it. But, but you, you want, you want people being like, oh, no, there's no way they killed Superman. There's no way they're doing this. Yeah, you needed to build to. You needed to get your audience to completely fall in love with this Superman, and then do it later on, right? Mm-hmm. But to, that's what I'm saying. Like, you just to do it at your second movie out when you're building out so many things he comes back um that was that, that's, that's there it is there. <laughs> yeah i don't know like i, I just don't like i got talk about earned it's just not mm-hmm. not enough there for that moment to 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 have an impact i don't even think there's enough work oh, done wow. in this movie itself <laughs> no i agree there's just too many other things going on. I think there was a way to have it resonate. I still think it's a bad idea. But there's just, like, even now, like, you've had Superman die, and what are you doing? You're rushing to have the new gods set up for Justice League. There's Steppenwolf. There he is. Big step. 
Is that the same design we've seen now for the Snyder Cut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just charging my laptop here. <laughs> you know, with the long movie, my laptop doesn't even but make it. It's it's interesting you say that, Carlos, about you've had the death of Superman, and then it's just like... And I think this is the flaw, a lot of the flaws of this movie, is it, it gives no time for for that to resonate with anything. Yeah, no, you're like sprinting to the next thing, right? You gotta get Luther bald. Yeah. Tick box. <laughs> like, I almost think it would have played better if Luther wasn't held accountable. It's still running around on, on the loose. Like, unchecked. Mm-hmm. He's just like, it was me the whole time, but you'll never know. Yeah, exactly. Like, the government never proves it, never goes to jail. Like, I think that would have been interesting. I hope they prove he did. This, I thought, was an odd choice that they unequivocally kill Clark Kent. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, like he dies. he's dead there, and then they have the open casket funeral in Smallville. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to explain that. Ironically, ironically, in the comics, he was just buried under all the rubble and stuff and surviving on like canned goods or whatever and martian manhunter pretended to be superman oh really (laughs) and rescue him yeah so that's how they explain clark kent Uh, that he had like fallen into a bunker kind of maybe they'll have that maybe they'll say like oh clark kent went into hiding because of lex or something after his open casket funeral well people in smallville already know though right for man of steel pete ross he knows and everyone kind of knows it's not really like a secret in small so the whole town is keeping his secret yeah okay <laughs> well pete is like no that Lana is yeah pete is for sure but that that's a lot of people man <laughs> smallville's a good town oh that's fair there's a priest from my favorite scene of man of steel he knows he's keeping the secret <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely he was like the first guy that Clark revealed himself right, to. Right, yeah. I did like this little touch of the picture of Jonathan in the casket and That's then bad. how they paid off in the Justice League. Right. Yeah. After. Then I did think it was interesting that Clark has like the, the solar system in his bedroom. <laughs> He's like, which one is mine? Or his childhood bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool little touch, though, right? Oh, Knowing for, sure, that for sure. You're different and getting into his headspace when he was a kid. Yeah, these these moments work. Yeah, and like the engagement after the fact, mm-hmm. it, it certainly in makes Lois more endearing and more important as we go uh, into the future. I'll be honest. Like I, I love Amy Adams. I think she's one of the best actresses of our generation. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of her Lois Lane. I think she's all right, but not spectacular. Like her chemistry with Cavill leaves something to be desired for me, at least. Yeah, I, I find their relationship very cold. Mm-hmm. At least the way it comes off on screen. Yeah, like, I don't and feel like I'm both emotionally like... invested in what what's going on. Maybe yeah, it, it feels like no, it, it kind of comes across like this is the actor and actress that are cast for these roles, and there might not have been any chemistry there. Um, 
Which is kind of a thing with Nolan, right? Because he would have been involved in the casting of Lois for Man of Steel and well, typically casts female leads poorly. I know Amy Adams is a huge Superman fan, right? Like she was in Smallville. She wanted to be Lois Lane, so I think she probably pushed for the role. Well, I think it's a pretty coveted role. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad role to get. <laughs> you can get it. Yeah. Yeah, and I do tip like my preferences for Lois to skew a little older than Clark. Just it, it shows her as being a little more worldly and maybe a, you want a, a Mrs. Robinson kind, kind of thing? thing, you dirty bird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, with the two of them, it just it just didn't land for me. No, through the two movies, hopefully Justice League does something new. They got four hours to develop their relationship, <laughs> so let's see. That four-hour mark just made me realize it's going to be a long four hours. <laughs> yeah. I guess by virtue of the property, there'll be more stuff going on. But I like that. This is cool with the, the black and silver, kind of like the book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the poly bag that was over it. That one's going to send my kids to college, man. I got 100 of them in my basement. They're each worth like 10 grand each now, right? <laughs> <laughs> my kids got to go found to one of those at one of those comics, comic sales. Everyone has one. Even every every Marvel fan, every DC fan, anyone that's ever bought a comic book, I guarantee you probably has a Death of Superman somewhere. I don't. Oh, yeah. You do. You just don't want to admit it. I think I gave mine to you. I might have it. I can't remember. Feige's not listening. So, you can say if you have it or not. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'd admit if I have it. Everyone has Death of Superman. So, here we have the priest with a lot of hints that... Superman's going to come back to life. There's a... In the passages that were chosen, <laughs> a lot of not-so-subtle hints that the dead shall rise. And I did like the little touch of Bruce having paid for the funeral. Yeah, Bruce is a nice guy. Well, he's directly responsible for it. <laughs> he did try to kill him as well. I guess. It's like the least I could do. He's like, I'm going to need a tax receipt, actually, because I can write this off in my taxes. So, uh, <laughs> right. You want to sign here, Martha? Yeah, every little bit counts. <laughs> if you don't mind helping me out. Was this meant to be the early seeds of their relationship that was forbidden by WB? Um, Rightfully forbidden. Uh, <laughs> Like, if they did that, like, this would make this scene so weird. Like, as he's standing, like, right. predatorily looking at the grieving widow. He's like, oh, I'm going to tap that. <laughs> it's like, come on. Snyder, what are you doing? <laughs> I did like this little bit with, like, Diana being like, mm-hmm. you people just don't get it. Yeah. She would know, right? And Yeah. Right, like, she's seen the worst of humanity. But I love what Bruce is well, like, Yeah. But why wouldn't and that motivate him to be a better Batman again? Well, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen Justice League. Well, no, it so. motivates him to pull together a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I do think these two have awesome chemistry. Yeah, oh, yeah. As much as I hate this line about this 100 years ago and the Snyder fans, like, insisting on Patty Jenkins having shackles on her. It's just like... Dude, yeah, for Wonder Woman 84, she had to, like, take out the cameras. It's just doesn't have to strictly adhere to Zach's vision. Like, but it could also be like it's from a certain point of view, right? She walked mm-hmm. away from like the concept of mankind, not mankind itself. 
Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that that was an unfair burden. <laughs> Either I way. don't think they like, like in, ever known. Like I think they thought, okay, we'll make Wonder Woman one set in World War One, and then if it's successful, but I think like we'll they just this. were trying to ex- explain away why she hasn't been kicking around. Right, like why wasn't she helping yeah. out in Man of Steel and shit like that? And and that's that's the burden that you put on the universe for Superman being ten days old and Batman being at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Or even you just don't have that line in there and just like let people make up headcanon, right. right? Like, I don't know. I, and anybody that's listened to 10 minutes of our show knows that character over continuity. Mm. So it didn't bother me. No. But man, I've watched a lot of internet arguments play out over that. <laughs> years the red capes are coming. AC 23, 1940. I did like how they laced those little nuggets mm-hmm. in there where it's like that's the first appearance of Lex Luthor or Cyborg. They had the the first issue that he was in yeah. or like the the date of that issue. Oh, was that was like the... the dialogue. Yeah. Like that's I think cool. it's like when his dad is given like his log number or whatever. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, those look... The scene is... Go ahead, Sonny. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, this scene is super cool, but it like makes no sense. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> just to tee up the Justice League movie, despite like premonitions and all this other stuff. Doing that work way ahead of time. But doesn't the death of Superman put those premonitions to rest yeah or were the premonitions that the denizens of apocalypse are coming yeah i don't know like it should but that's just the thing right and like i said there's like an interview with snyder being like yeah i had this idea for this nightmare thing so i asked if i could do it and they gave me the money and (laughs) they were wonderful so i don't know for all the talk about this massive plan for five movies and stuff a lot of the stuff seems to be made up on the fly (laughs) well it's just because that that scene is kind of meant to to try to say what happens if i guess it's implying what happens if superman goes askew and stops helping and does what he wants to do and takes over Mm -hmm. but he's dead now so that's not happening yeah yeah, the, like Luther so, saying, like, all those other people, like, the bell has already been rung, and they've heard it amongst the stars, right? So he's like, well, I'll need to need to set something up, because I can't take down these other people, and I know, like, there's an Aquaman, there's a Flash, there's a Cyborg out there, need their help. There's a Shazam out there somewhere. But, like, if Luther was so concerned about metahuman beings, why was he having a Skype call with Steppenwolf? trying to bring them like it's just there's so many things that's just like are incongruent with one another yeah i think uh, like having now watched this all the way through this movie burdens itself with a lot of universe building and complex plot devices and imagery that i think works well in a comic book 
but I don't know mm-hmm. if it works. I don't think it works well in a film that you no, need I... supplemental material to feel better about. Like I think universally it's agreed that this cut is better than the theatrical cut, but the theatrical, like the, the point of the storytelling is to do it in the allotted time. Yeah. Well, and you can't, you can't make movies with the expectation that people will come back and revisit them time and time and time again. At least that's my opinion. Like, no, I, I think agree. You should make something that people enjoy enough that they want to revisit and then take other things out from subsequent viewings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like, it's like, I can see that, but I think like, for me, it's just like, I don't know what it was, but it's just really like connected with this one. So this this dirt yeah. thing's cool. It like rises. Yeah. yeah, it is cool. So yeah. well, well, we'll get to see it pay off finally. Yeah, it moves weeks. right. Three weeks. Oh, there it is. Two yes. and a half weeks. <laughs> just about. Is that where we end? Is there no? There's no well, post credit, right? No post credit scenes, man. Yeah, that's, that's we, uh, we don't roll that Thanks way in this universe. People that are like, st- I wonder how many people are still here. Like, we should say like, oh, if you're still here, leave a comment and use the word banana. And then, <laughs> like, if you if you tweet us the, the dirt rises, yeah, dirt rises, <laughs> the dirt, dirt rises. rises. <laughs> if you tweet yeah, us, we know tweet you made it to the end rises. with those phrases. So hats off, yeah. you'll win a prize. Hey, no a well, prize, our congratulations. <laughs> so closing thoughts sanjay uh closing thoughts um, <laughs> um what can i say man I, I still dig this this is probably like my most rewatched film probably yeah man, it's probably like up there like i probably watch it like at least once a year twice a year so i still dig it man i i loved it like i don't know <laughs> to me it just worked and uh it's one of those films that's like it's like it's like that beer those who like it like it a lot right and um it may not work for everyone it may not work for you but uh for the people that it does work with it evokes like strong emotions and it evokes a strong um uh you know they, they like it a lot and so for me um i'm one of those people i dig it and uh i'm excited to see justice league and see more of this universe and hopefully see it continue on so uh but that's my closing argument cool cool. <laughs> and what's your letter grade i guess just to uh letter grade just to keep it consistent i don't even remember what i said when we initially reviewed this in 2016 but i no man it's all new i would all say new. a plus a plus yeah. a plus plus timbo <laughs> i can tell you my eye not an a plus look this is the third time i think i've seen this movie and visually it's great i think the the big scenes that Obviously, a lot of the money went into an effort with the choreography and all that. It looks cool. Like there's, there's quite a few moments here where I'm going, whoa, yeah, okay, this is awesome. The story, in my opinion, is way too dense, and it is not well constructed. I think you could have cut out a lot of the subplots that have little to no impact on the entirety of the movie. And... It's it's not cut well together. I think there's too much, especially in that early, that first, about the half an hour mark to the hour and a half mark. It's I'm all over the place. I bet you asked the question, like, what is going on? How many times, guys? And so I think that's where the movie fell apart for me. And 
yeah, I, I don't love the movie, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not, I don't feel really any different than I did in 2016. Uh, this cut mm-hmm. helps a bit, but ultimately, if you want to, you want a letter grade from me, C minus maybe. And I think I'm being generous there. But yeah, what are you, what about you, Carlos? No, fair enough. Ah, uh, for me, I am in the same place I was in 2016. Like, I, have truly tried to embrace and love this movie. And I've probably seen it between this and the theatrical cut about a dozen times. So I think I've put the effort in. Uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful and artistic superhero movies out there. I also think it is narratively a wreck. Mm -hmm. Like there, there was some neat thoughts in there that, they just ran with instead of putting uh, a bit of really harsh consideration as to how the audience would be able to digest it, who you're making this movie for, um, what story you're exactly trying to tell, where these heroes are when they start, where these heroes are where they where they end, and what these heroes are all about. Um, yeah, like... I understand what they were going for from beginning to end. I kind of understand the things that are laid out, but I just don't think it's good. Uh, For me, just based on the strength of the visuals and some of those powerful moments that they had where the heroes look great and they do some cool stuff, it's going to be a C for me. Like, there's there's no denying Zach's talent behind the camera, Mm -hmm. but man... Like, I, I would love to see this guy working in a Marvel Studios type environment where it's like, this is what you're doing to your best ability. This is the story that you're telling, and we will make sure that that story is told kind of thing because I think he could make the greatest superhero movie ever, but not left to his own devices not by a long <laughs> shot. So, yeah. So there we have it, folks. This there was the, uh, the inaugural Nerd Room film commentary track so if you made it this far and if you enjoyed it please let us know and we can certainly look at doing more of these things in the lead up to some of the movies coming out like you know black widow on the horizon maybe we do one for captain america winter soldier something of that nature or um, now you're talking my language or maybe yeah so there's there's lots of options as we move forward so yeah let us know what you thought what you you know, maybe even something like uh, Fallen Kingdom in advance of Dominion as we look mm-hmm. beyond with things. But, uh, yeah, I guess with that, we'll sign off. So I'm Batman. I'm Tim. And I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.